0: Cat bounce podcast back at it again as always i am Brett young joined by two guys the last time you might have seen them on the uh, the airwaves they were on for quite a while like quite longer than a normal bbp episode quite longer than like maybe four or three bbp episodes put together that's right the subathon marathon mcs Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, guys. This is the BBP, not the subathon. but welcome in. And how are we?
1: Still recovering. Yeah. If we're being honest. <laughs> Physically, my back still is wrecked from sitting on that stool for fifteen hours. You you chose a
0: stool. Uh, uh,
1: that's uh, yes. I have a, a desk that is elevated that has stools that go with it two of them and uh yeah
0: well good good chad good to hear that you're doing all right little little exhausted but you know what we'll bring the power we'll, we'll bring the pizzazz the i just had three thing, hours i did three hours
2: of radio today so i'm getting my mojo back
0: there we go there we go the, the sad thing is you guys cannot go to danco transmissions to get your backs fixed and your your, your throats checked and whatnot but you can go to danco transmissions to get yourselves, actually, Ed, Ed, I'm down for eight to eight, man. I'm down for eight to eight.
1: Brent will yeah. be by himself from eight to eight if <laughs> he wants to go twelve hours.
0: Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But you can head to Danco Transmission. You get seventy one dollars off. Seventy one dollars off any purchase over one hundred dollars. It's a deal, man. That is a deal. Danco Transmission. Danco Joe was on that sub. Thought he was loving life. We love Danco Joe. And over there, BCJ, BBP. Mention anything. Heck, you can mention Brady Collins, because that guy is a legend. And that that must mean that he's he's currently with us right now. Well, fresh back from Mexico, Brady Collins, back to the BBP. Brady, hola, cómo está?
3: Esto es muy bien, y tú? muy <laughs> bien. We bien. in, doing, doing, great, boys. Always a pleasure to get a uh, normal Monday back under the belt and join you fellows on the, uh, on the old uh, podcast here.
0: Always great to have you. Pleasure is all ours, believe me. Uh, especially after a, a, a tough loss on the basketball court over the weekend. But you know what? We'll we'll touch on that later. This right here is about the the budding success and happiness that is oozing from the football program. Brady, we've got to ask you, first and foremost, in Mexico, how was it? Were you able to enjoy yourself, take a deep breath, a little relaxation?
3: I was. It. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not quite the vacation type. Um, it's not like I don't love going to places and all that stuff, but just the way I'm wired, the way my head is, and just, you know, I feel like I can relax, but I can't relax because there's always something I'm thinking of or, you know, planning ahead and just checking in on the guys, all that stuff, but you know, I'm so fortunate. I got a great staff, um, fully entrusted them, and we got you know, a bunch of
1: veteran dudes
3: that, you know, really run the program, so um, it was it was awesome to get away you know, with Coach Fick, his wife some other of our coaches and just you know, get get a little one-on-one time with my wife because, you know, we don't we don't get to get out that much. Cause with the kids and all that stuff. And it was, man, it was just fun. I think it was, uh, Thursday, you know, I'm just sitting there laying at the beach and I'm just like, I am totally good right now because, you know, I haven't I said it. I, I don't even think I've still like appreciated. I mean, of course I've appreciated, but like, you know, really take in the past season and just everything that happened. And, uh, you know, I kind of got to do that there. And also just think about the current team and the guys and, you know what's coming and what's ahead um but it was great it was it was a lot of fun definitely would recommend it and uh hopefully one day we'll go back did
0: you find yourself like waking up at six and run or five and running down to the weight room and turning on the strobe light on your phone and pumping out some squat reps or were you able to at <laughs> least get some
3: sleep <laughs> no but uh you know i think <laughs> i think even my wife was giving me shit because you know, I slept in for like what six six thirty, and I mean, she's like, "You don't want to go work out?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> so I got to work out, you know, on the beach. <laughs> there
2: we go. Take take us through when everybody found out that uh, the Fickles were taking the family, the entire family, on vacation. That that had to be a uh, a happy Christmas present moment for everybody
3: yeah i mean it was uh it was surreal you know we're at um prime downtown um the uh staff christmas party and uh you know we sit down after a few drinks and you know they make this big speech and i open it and i'm like what is that and like my wife's like telling me what it and is i'm not gonna lie like the first thing i was in my head i'm like i gotta work (laughs) like you know i got we're gonna be training those days and uh but, you know, we had to do it. It was, you know, much needed and well, well earned, And, you know, again, just so grateful to uh, to work with coach, um, to be around him and just, you know, the way he um, treats us and, you know, empowers us, uh, me especially, you know, and uh, it was it was it was just it was awesome.
1: Now, did Amy run the entire itinerary for the uh, the whole trip while you were down
3: there? No, thick had a spreadsheet. He had every minute planted the tea. Of course, Amy did. <laughs> uh, yeah, she did She did a phenomenal job, you know, setting up everything and, uh, you know, Miss Sherry helping her and doing all those things. I mean, I even sat up at uh, Sherry's desk and she helped me film out, like, all the forms and all that stuff. And uh, it, couldn't, it couldn't have been any better. So what,
0: what was happening back then? in cincinnati while you were down there what's were were you keeping tabs or were you able to 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 put the phone leave it in the room type situation or or what exactly were you able to uh gather the intel when you're able to get back
3: yeah i mean of course you know i i I texted my guys but i also you know i trusted them and i didn't want to you know pry or be like how would everything go how was this how was that like because i felt good you know coach and all of us wouldn't have left if we didn't feel good about that. And, uh, you know, the leaders, they, they did a good job of keeping me informed, just saying everything's great, had a great day, enjoy it, coach, all that stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of used my iWatch more than anything. Um, so I kind of made the rule when I was down there. I'm like, all right, I'm not wearing my watch because, you know, I just really wanted to kind of, you know, really embrace the, the so-called vacation experience.
1: So, we, we asked Fickle this while he hopped on with us from Mexico, but while on vacation, what was Brady Collins' drink of choice?
3: Um, they had these uh, – oh, man, what were they called? They had uh, them – I mean, obviously, I, as soon as we landed, I had a Modelo, so that was great. Um, you know, obviously, they had the Coronas. They had um, Tecates. They had the Pacificos. Um. I think it was called an iceberg and you know a bunch of places have their own version of it it's pretty much you know a margarita with a Corona poured in but this one was a Corona poured into a glass and then a frozen margarita on top so it was like
0: it was good it was really good can't go wrong with those About that. Sounds, no. sounds pretty tasty Yeah. I, I, have a, I have a Corona problem
1: nothing wrong with that
2: they do nothing to me. I can drink a hundred of them, and I'm that's just right. like, oh, no- when's, just w- next- when's the drinking gonna start? <laughs> that is, that's not love a bad it.
0: thing, though. No. You know what? No, it, I love it. It might just be me, but I think I, I'm taking a Modelo over Corona a hundred times out of a yeah, hundred. That's what I'm saying. I, like Coronas do nothing to me. I'm invincible. An ice cold Modelo.
2: I'm a, I'm a Dos Equis guy, Brady. I like a good Dos Equis from time to time as
1: well. Dos Equis
3: is nice. Absolutely. D- Dos Equis is really good. Um, you know, I, I really like my wife and I. We drink Pacificos every now and then. Those are really good as well. Yeah. Um, yep. You know. Tecate. Tecates aren't bad.
2: Aaron was a man after your heart during the uh sub-a-thon. He was doing Natterdays Friday night.
3: <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. How many, total, Eric?
1: How, many How many total? Choice. How many total? I had eleven. <laughs> 11. <laughs> that's not bad. It's, it's, like, not
3: the bad. Equip- uh, it's like the equip. It's like the to eleven Mountain Dews.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> let let let's get to uh, let's get to business. When you got back home, did you think, oh boy, spring football's two weeks away? The finish line for winter workouts is upon us.
3: Yeah. No, I really did. You know, that's kind of like. You know, one of my things every day, it's why I get in so early is that's kind of my time just to even go over the day schedule, kind of check, you know, the next day's schedule the week, just so, you know, because I'm always giving the guys heads up and telling them what to expect and, um, you know, getting back Saturday night and then spending the day Sunday with the kids and all that stuff and uh, hitting the ground running today, you know, it, it was, it was like, oh, wow, like, you know, next week we start spring ball and it's like, whoa. And uh, But, again, we've been reminding those guys, you know, since week one, like, it's going to get here before you know it. Like, we had a countdown, like 50-some days, and then, you know, I would erase the number and just go down every day. And um, So it's definitely been something we've been, you know, not, not like, banking on, but just knowing that as that gets closer, you know, all the work that you've put in since January, you know, it's going to start showing itself. And, um, you know, then we'll reassess after spring ball and have a badass summer and, Get ready to go to higher ground and um you know do what we always do
0: and speaking of the work and the changes that I, I think you know since the last time we've spoken kind of the new coaching hires have been put into place and things of that sort um i want to touch on one thing that was kind of really highlighted and and laughed about as well the fact that a new offensive line coach mike cummings like uh, he, he enjoys uh, some big fellas with some big face you know what i mean so is is there something different when a when a new coach comes in? Might have a, a different scheme or a different mentality towards their position group. Do you then adjust on your end to, to kind of form those big fellas with the big bases, or is it kind of you, do you stick with the same thing? Or you know, what exactly is your way, your approach once that happens?
3: No, I mean, um, you know, find me one really great football player that doesn't have you know great lower body strength and you know. Good-looking thighs and an ass on them. I mean, just being honest, that's. I mean, football is played on the ground, played on one leg, played on two. So that's where all your power comes from. And you know, as an O lineman, especially, you know, you're you're going up against other 300-pound men. You're trying to physically import enforce your will on them and move them from point A to point B. And you can't do that if you don't have you know lower body strength and a great base, and, and you can bend and you're powerful and explosive. So it's been really exciting. You know, he's been down there. He's in in there every morning, gets his workout in, then he hangs around, kind of watches the guys, um, you know, catches up with a few of them after. And uh, he's been, he's been awesome. I mean, he's, it's, you know, a bolt of energy. Guys are really starting to feed off them. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's a nice, nice addition. Well, you
1: bring a bolt of energy and we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you what it's like to be working with Coach Kerry Combs again as uh, you guys worked together up at Ohio State and now you're you're back together once again.
3: I, I mean, when I knew that was going down, I mean, I couldn't have been more excited and just happy for, of course, him, but our kids. Because, you know, my two years at Ohio State with him, he was one of those coaches. I was like, holy cow, this is one of the best coaches I've ever been around. I mean, at Ohio State, it was Coach Fick and Coach Combs. In my mind, I was like, "Wow, these guys!" I mean, just the way they ran their room, the relationships they built with the kids, with everybody in the building, uh, their professionalism, um, you know, their uh, their toughness, and just you know, again, leaders of men, great husbands, great fathers, and uh, I was beyond jacked. And I texted him right before he came down because um, I remember he'd always come in the weight room early. And, he, you know, he'd do his workout, and uh, Coach Mick would always yell at him for having a coffee. Well, I know Coach comes drinks coffee nonstop throughout the day. So I texted him a picture of this new ab wheel I had for him, and I said, hey, it's it's waiting for you, Coach. And he said, Brady, I just have one question. Will you allow me to drink coffee in the weight room? I said, Coach, you can drink whatever the fuck you want in here. I'm just, just so jacked you're here. <laughs> so that is that has been an absolute home run hire. I mean, all of them are but uh, like I said, more more than anything, I'm just and same with the other line guys. Just excited for the kids, and uh, you know, I think it's going to be at a huge upgrade for us. And just a, like you said, no doubt, bolt of energy, enthusiasm, but uh, true, genuine love and a passion for what he gets to do. And what's really cool, more importantly, where he gets to do it because Cincinnati's special to him. And uh, you know. It is. It's 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 awesome seeing him every day and getting to be around him and um, just so excited. Looking forward to, to the future.
0: So I, we were talking staff, obviously. While we're on the, the the mention of staff, a couple of episodes ago, we BVP's back. These guys they they lock in. People listen. They're wondering, are we able to reveal those those names that we might might sound familiar among your strength staff or? Is that
3: still under wraps for now? No, those are official. Um, so my uh, my top assistant, Zach Higgins, the big dog, he went to Ohio State. And, uh, you know, happy Ooh. for him. <laughs> I know, happy, happy for him. Um, you know, it kind of aligns with his wife is in med school. So, you know, with what she wants to do next, you know, what they have up there for her is going to know help that out a little bit so you know it, it was more than just you know going to work at a different place because he loved it here he loved everything about our program uh, but I was able to bring back a member from our first staff here Austin Stefan, who was a uh, former intern with me at Mississippi State and Ohio State brought him here day one at uh, Cincinnati and he was awesome he was with us you know 17 and 18 season and then he went to Mississippi State and then he was at Pitt for the last couple of years.
0: Oh,
3: uh-oh. uh-oh, must have hit
0: a pothole. Brady,
3: <laughs> Brady, get a pay bump and be on a extremely, um, you know, well-known program. He was like, absolutely. So I was able to bring him back, and that's been huge. Been a great addition. Makes me better. Makes our kids better. The whole program. And then uh, another guy that was with us in 2019, in the uh, 2020 Dustin Tripp, um, he left after the 20 season and went to Purdue. And he was at Purdue for one year. Um, you know, just always kept in touch with him. See how he's doing, all that stuff. He he loved it here. Loved our program. Loved the guys. And I was able to bring him back. And I mean, he he couldn't have been here faster. He was so jacked up. So. You know, really excited to bring those two guys back, and I still got, um, you know, my my Italian stallion, Danny Fellino, who's been here since 2018, um, who just had a baby girl uh, yesterday. Yeah, and uh, and then uh, my other main guy, Jeremiah Ortiz, who started off as an intern with us in uh, 2019, and then went to Georgia Southern, and then I hired him back, and he's been here since 2020, so... Again, love my guys. We've all played college football. we're all young and uh, you know just love, love everything that they've been doing this uh, winter and can't wait to keep it rolling. So
1: we saw the, uh, the top speeds come out today as uh, you've been posting them up weekly at this point. And again, we see Shamom Natair. At 21 miles an hour, which is unbelievable. But some other new names that, that have kind of been popping up. Um, I don't recall Todd Bumpus being quite at 21. Has he? Am I off with that?
3: I don't uh, he's hit it. He, uh, he's hit it, you know, I think last summer. Um, okay. But again, you know, some days maybe he's not in the top echelon of guys or, you know, but uh, no, he's got that to him for sure. Love to see
1: that. And then uh, Ken Willis. Um, one, of the, one of the new freshmen um,
3: saw him at number seven at 21 as well. Yeah, I know a guy that was, you know, touted as a really fast speedster coming in. And again, first day when we do all of our testing after the dynamic, you've never done anything like it. Your anxiety's through the roof. You're probably nervous. You're never going to test extremely well. So, you know, when he ran his 40 and, you know, some of the coaches were like, oh, I thought he was faster. It's like, it's all good. Obviously, he's been in the program now six weeks, so he's, you know, really his body's getting accustomed and adaptive to the to the training style. He's gaining weight, which, you know, like Trey Tucker and I were just talking a little bit ago. Like, there's no surprise why Trey's getting faster because he, every offseason, he's putting on lean mass. Like, last year, I was like, all right, let's be 175. And what happened when he got to 175? Well, holy, holy shit, he's faster. And then this off season, I was like, dude, let's get to 180. You know, And guess what? He's even faster at 180. And uh, it but, uh, it is, it's cool to see, you know, some new faces pop up in there. And obviously, big Ashmon, that's awesome because um, that big boy can move. And, uh, you know, it's it's good. I just love, love seeing all those results. And, again, there could be, like, 30 others that we put on there that are 20, 19s. I mean, let's face it, you're running 19 miles an hour. It's still fast.
1: Who surprised you out of all of these names, though?
3: Um, I mean, those who freshmen do a little bit, but like I said, you know, again, six weeks in, they're starting to really, you know, adapt to everything and, you know, putting on masks. So those guys, they, uh, they kind of stand out a little bit. Um, Shimon was at first just because I'm like, there's no way that big ass is moving that fast. But he is. He's twitchy. He's strong. Um, he's a great kid and he's just getting better every single day. Um, see, I mean, it never surprised me when Jabari hit it because Jabari's twitchy as can be. Um, you know, I, I would say everybody that's on there, it's kind of like, yeah, I'd expect that. But, you know, one guy I think I'm more, uh, jacked up to see is, uh, Hixie. you know, cause Hicksy never really was, was up there too much on a lot of those in the past year. So, um, but proud of all those guys.
0: Mardner was on there, I think, last week. Um, can you kind of just give us an update about how he's looking in the weight room? Because I know, obviously, it was a it was a player that came in as a transfer uh, a little late and needed to maybe add some something to him. How has how he looked so far in the weight room?
3: He's been really, really good. I mean, you know, came in, great attitude. Um, you know, was vibing right away with him how we did things and how the guys train and get after it and, you know, coach each other up and hold each other accountable. And, you know, he came in like every great transfer that we have um, in the past is done. He, you know, kept his mouth shut, kept his eyes open, listened, followed the lead of us, followed the lead of the older guys. And he's been humble and just, you know, he, he's been grinding. And uh, the past two weeks, you're really starting to see, you know, similar to those freshmen, even though he's a little bit older, like he's used, to the style now he's used to the tempo he's used to you know straining a little extra and um you know really taking key to the little details of everything so you know he's he's only going to continue to get bigger faster stronger and all those things and i can't wait to watch him in the spring and then uh like i said reassess and have a great plan for him in the summer
1: you've had a couple weeks under your belt now and obviously there was a ton of leadership you lost 30 plus seniors last year and a ton of leadership goes on to greener pastures. And now you see a new leadership starting to take place. So who are some of those new leaders that are emerging in the through these first couple weeks of, of getting back together in the weight room?
3: I mean, it's not too much of like new leadership. You know, these guys have always been leaders by, you know, obviously yes, what they've done on the field, but more so what they do off the field. And in the classroom and all those things. So, you know, your DOs, uh, Dylan O'Quinn, your Jabari Taylors, uh, your Arquan Bushes, your Will Huber's, those guys have always been leaders. It's just now it's like, you know, even more known because they came back for certain reasons. And uh it wasn't to have more statistics, it was to keep what we have going and to, you know, continue to leave that legacy and standard of this is how we do things, this is how we do everything. And uh you know, I, I think one guy that I think I'm and I know I say it a bunch, but it's just you know, it's been not surprising but just great to see is is Hicksy kind of evolving because, you know, he never had to be the alpha leader of his room. I mean he, he grew up in a room of Derek Forrest and you know, James Wiggins who just you know a freak show and then obviously Brian Cook who I mean was Derek Forrest and James Wiggins combined, except taller. And uh you know, so now you know Hixie's the guy, and there's a lot of young guys in that room. A lot of guys that haven't played as much, and you know he's got a he's got to count, rely on those guys. And you know, like I like I tell these guys, man, it, it, football isn't everything. Like you know, you could go out there and you know catch 30 balls and score touchdowns, all that stuff. But if you're not held accountable to yourself, how are your teammates going to hold you accountable? So living right, being on time, doing everything right, not messing up, getting good grades, like it all plays into being a great football player so been really proud to see his growth in that area um you know evan prater again learned from the best but so did ben bryant and ben bryant and uh des pushed each other uh ben and evan had a year together so those guys i mean it's like Dez and ben 2.0 having those guys train together every day and you know really cohesive work together and iron sharpens iron all that stuff but uh it is, man. It's been it's been all you still got Lenny T and Wiley kicking ass. You know, I mean, it's just running back room, white out studs. I mean, Trey Tucker's really emerged as, you know, really the the leader of everything. Play hard guy and just everything he does is I mean, phenomenal.
0: You know, right in line with the, you know, the leaders and the upperclassmen, let's let's talk a little bit more about those, you know, the true freshmen and kind of the red shirt have you kind of had to see maybe like an adjustment in the in the culture or the baseline testing and baseline workouts and goals as the talent level and the you know kind of the recruitment level has picked up since you first got here back you know five six years ago is or have you kind of tried to keep it the same and then adjust as as you see fit?
3: Uh, I mean, no, we're gonna stay true to who we are and how we do things and why we do it um but you're always adapting you're always involving you're you know you're always trying to develop yourself as a coach as well as the team you know i think i said it before but that's what i love about every off season is especially in january your team is born in the off season so no matter what happened the year prior you know even like in 2020 the covid year and then all those guys came back well the team was still different there's still you know a mix of yeah a lot of older guys and this and that but um you know, I think what's what's really cool is, you know, I don't really give goals to guys like, hey, you know, you need to bench this, you need to squat this, you need to run that. Because, I mean, really, we you're setting individual goals every single day and we're breaking them. And then we're going to set a new goal, like just like in the game of football, just like in the game of life. And, uh, you know, obviously, I, w- I wouldn't lie, though, as the recruiting has enhanced, it obviously helps, you know, in the, de- in the development area. Um, I think there's going to be a really cool graphic to see here soon. Um, you know, talking about our program as a developmental program where, you know, I think it was a a big article that was released where they reclassified our 2018 class as the number four in a country. And it's like, you know, I was telling Fick, I was like, well, they're going to have to update that again next year because there's still some guys here from that class that they're not done. And, uh, you know, we take pride on that because stars don't mean everything. And, uh, Oh, I know coach says it all the times. We, we get the right ones, and that's what matters. How fun is
2: it to find the next right ones, right? I mean, you, you did such a great job of it through the first iteration of this program. it feels like like this is the second like the the sequel almost, the start of the sequel. How fun is it to be like, all right, which ones are the next? Who's the next Defo? Who's the next Kobe? Who's the next Daz? You know, along those lines.
3: Yeah. No. I mean, I kind of, I kind of watch how I say things sometimes, just because, you know, I never want guys to live up to the guys before them. Like, no, no, I mean, of course. Quite- but you know what I mean. Oh, like,
2: uh, oh, here's yeah, a better way oh, to put oh, it.
3: Here's a better way to put
2: it. How fun is it to know you're about to find a new? Uh, you, you're about to find a new set of leading characters in this story. It's yeah, not that story no, anymore. It's a new story and you got to find new yeah. leading characters.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. That's the best way to put it. That's kind of... That's my my whole motivation to every individual is, you know, everybody writes their own story. They they write their own legacy. And, you know, we're so grateful to have the Derek Forrest, the Kobe Bryants, um, all those guys before us. You know, the Des Ritters, Majes. And you could go on and on. And it's, uh, you know, those guys look up to them and they're enshrined in our weight room forever. Like there's pictures of them, their names are everywhere, you know, all the awards and, you know, just all that stuff. And um, it is, it's very exciting because, you know, like I said, there's going to be a lot of familiar faces that now are in, you know, kind of promoted as the faces and rightfully so this guy should be. Um, But it is, it kind of is exciting to sit back when you think about that, you know I mean? I think my guys and I were actually like talking about that a little bit today. We're looking at the, you know, the college football playoff, uh, poster with all the faces on there, and it was like, oh, all those guys are gone. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was like, whose faces were still on there? You know, Wiley was up there, um, you know, and it was like, why? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we know Trey Tucker is going to be up there, and Dio, and Jabari, and you know, all these guys. And uh, but yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. It is. It's it's very exciting. And then you put Eastern Michigan's poster on the on the wall, and you were like him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no we pull up his old uh you know first first day picture we put that up there skinny ben
2: that was my favorite part when he transferred they put a picture of him up in the in the uc in the uc like his you know his uc uniform and everybody yeah. was like man these edit these edits are getting crazy <laughs> that looks that looks so real <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's how good they are you know well, Brady,
0: we've talked about speeds and, and leadership step up. Can you tell us someone kind of just in the weight room who's caught your eye that you haven't mentioned yet that's kind of made some, like, big improvements over the last month?
3: Uh, big improvements. Big um, improvements. I think, uh, I think um, Ivan Pace is really starting to kind of stand out, which is cool to see. Um, Isaiah Cox, he's been really standing out the past week or so. Um, uh, Jaden Thompson's doing really well. Drew Donnelly, obviously from, you know, his speed, but more so just his, his work ethic, his intensity, um, you know, just his daily approach. Uh, there's a lot of young D linemen doing really well. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean, it's hard to really pinpoint one, but those guys for sure. Will Pauling looks absolutely chiseled. Yes, he does. He's a like I said, he looks like a forty-year-old man in the face and the body of an eighteen-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> How excited were you to get outside and do some work outside today? Oh, I loved it. When I, I mean, last uh, last night and Saturday, I was like looking at the weather, and I'm like, we don't need to go to the bubble. It's gonna be like sixty. And, uh, you know, that was fun today. Each group that came in, you know, I told them, all right, you know, speed schools in the NIP, they're all jacked up. And, uh, you know what, it was, it was good to do that too, because, you know, you don't get the opportunity in a winter to go outside as much. And, uh, you know, to me, it was a good time to do that because, you know, we pride ourselves on anything that we do in NIP. It means something. And, you know, yes, this was the last speed school, and we're getting ready for spring ball, but, like, you know, when we step onto that turf, like, I mean, I told him, I said, we haven't lost here in four years. There's a reason why. Yes, you play uh, really good football, you know, but it's also because the work that you do in here, nobody else does, and it's the intent and the purpose and the passion in which you do it. So, that was really cool, and obviously, beautiful day. Sun was out, and, um, you know, it definitely was good. Good for the psyche, good for the change-up.
0: You did that because you wanted to, pretend you were still in mexico right
3: <laughs> yeah I had, to, I had to you know keep my base tan going <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> Exactly. so it, we, we probably won't talk to you again before the nfl combine uh let's let's talk about those old players real fast if, if you had to take a guess who would be the one or, or two uh, participants from cincy that you would think probably tests with the best numbers and kind of you know draws some some big talk around their name.
3: Alec Pierce, number one. Um, I mean, Ahmad and Maje for sure, but Beaver, I mean, like all of them. Like, I really, I mean, number one is just going to be Alec just because, I mean, there's not many whiteouts that do what he can do. And, uh, you know, if Dez did everything, which I'm sure he's not going to do everything under the sun, but Dez is going to run extremely well. He's going to look really good. He's going to do amazing in his interviews and all that stuff. Um, Ahmad's gonna really make a lot of noise because all the stats and recognition, you know, he's gonna put it to test and he's gonna run a 4 3 and he's gonna look beautiful. Um, Beavers, freak of nature, Maje, you know, running, you know, hopefully a 4 5 at 250, like hello. Um, you know, and if uh, if Cookie, Cookie's shoulder allows him to do any testing, he's gonna obviously dominate. Kobe Bryant is gonna run really well and he's gonna do extremely well, there will be no surprises there. Um, you know, it's going to be a a smorgasbord of a lot of, uh, good juice.
2: So, so back to the team real quick before we have to let you go. What do the final weeks of a session like this look like?
3: Um, (laughs) you know, you kind of start getting into what we call OTAs, um, you know, which is kind of like prepping into spring ball so that you Know day one of spring, you're not like, all right, oh, this drill's over here, and we go we flow from here to here to this and that. So that's really good to do because the kids kind of start getting into the rhythm and the schedule of uh, because you know, in the spring, um, you practice in the mornings, obviously in the falls, in the afternoon, and uh, it's a good mix up, it's good to do that, but uh, you know, and you also you're not in the, you're not going for you know strength gain. I mean, we're always gaining, we're never maintaining or anything like that, but you know, you're obviously going to start to, um, tweak how you're doing certain things and start to add, you know, in our world, you know, some, uh, some, uh, you know, accommodating resistance with chains and stuff like that. Take a little bit of the, the top end load off or the bottom end load off. And, uh, you know, it's just a little fun tweak here and there, but you know, the, the mentality is the same, the standards the same. And, uh, it's just kind of not gearing down, but, you know, kind of, kind of shifting into another gear and then getting ready to amp back up. Brady, you uh
0: a quick shift as well. You love tacos. You've mentioned it before. So tell us, what was your best meal in Mexico?
3: Best meal had to be like all the food that was on like the outside of the pool. And like, you know, every night they would have setups or like some type of show or light show or, live dancing and just all kinds of Mexican, you know, culture stuff. And there'd be people out there grilling up steaks and, uh, uh, they'd have, you know, make your own taco stands and chips and salsa and guac and just so much stuff. But, you know, that was probably the best food that I had was just walking around eating some of that.
1: Okay. Can't go wrong. No. Um, I was. I don't know how long. Did we you had. have your own?
2: Did you have your own swim-up pool like Sherry did, right outside her room?
3: No, we were on the uh, top level. We had. Uh, we were right on the on the beach, right over the ocean. So it was it was unbelievable. So your swim-up pool was the ocean. Okay, good. <laughs> yes. Swim-up <laughs> pool was, was walk back to the ocean. What was
1: the name of the resort if one wanted to uh, try and encapsulate the same vacation that the Bearcats went on?
3: Oh man, great question. It was called uh, Secrets Akuma Riviera Maya.
1: I went to Riviera Maya for my uh, honeymoon for the marriage that didn't last. So, oh, yeah, how'd that work out?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Riviera Maya. Don't go to that one. Make sure you go to the other one that Brady just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> golly.
3: golly. Well, all right, oh, man. Brady, Brady, we got to let you go, right? Yep, or unless you got one more, I can give you one more.
0: Uh, all right, one more. <laughs> Let's Brent's see. Brady's always here. got one more. Oh, I I mean, Brady had me over one night. We we spoke for hours and upon hours. But one more, <laughs> Brady. It's my uh it's my birthday this weekend. I'll be in town for the Happy basketball birthday. game. You got you got time for me? Absolutely. <laughs> Come down spent- to the dungeon. There we go, baby. Actually, yeah, let's do it. A little little fitness test. I'm in.
1: Absolutely. I want yes. to see what Brent's top speed is.
0: My top speed catapult couldn't even compute it. They'd say too slow. <laughs> <laughs> How many tiers do you have? Six tiers? I'd be on the eighth or
3: the tenth. <laughs> I think it starts at 10, then it kind of dwinds down to seven. Okay. Okay. So there you go. Don't sell yourself too short.
0: Too fast, too furious. You You're right. You're right. All right, Brady. As Thank always, so much, thanks, man. coach.
3: Oh, appreciate you guys. Look forward to the next time we catch up.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Have a All good right. one. Thanks, Brady. See ya. See you, man. Oh, the legend. One Brady Collins. Always Brent, Brent said to me during the game
1: yesterday, This should be good. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're
2: gonna have to get Brady on tomorrow with the way this it was like now yeah, they were down like 16 early in the second half. I, like, we're gonna, <laughs> I think we're going to have to get Brady on tomorrow. I was like probably right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now, did he tell it to you though or did he whisper it first?
2: Well, so the 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 farther the game got on and the louder the crowd got, the quieter Brent got when he was trying to talk to me. <laughs> and there's like they made a couple shots in the last like right in that final minute and, and, and he leans over and he whispers something to me. And I was like, I can't hear you. <laughs> like talk Brent. You're the, back at bounce, back at it. You're the loudest dude on the planet. <laughs> We're sitting three feet from each other in a, in a ten, you know,
0: there's 10,000 people in the arena making noise and you're whispering to me. Have you guys seen the, the movie? Don't look up. It's a, it's, Yes. It's out there, yeah. it's gotten awards coming for it. You know, the uh meteor is coming towards Earth, an asteroid, if you will. Uh, you know, and 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 they're trying to like slowly tell people about this sad disaster, and it's just falling upon deaf ears. I was seeing this sad, crazy disaster, and I was getting quieter and quieter. It was falling upon <laughs> deaf ears, that's all it was. <laughs> thought well, it was but no, no he I, thought i was like mad at him for talking to me and i'm like i oh, can't no. hear you to be honest okay. with you i've i've been going through like a little bit of a bug i'm over it i was over it yesterday but my hearing was just all stuffed up you know so like i'm not gonna oh. lie to you we got to the interview room the press conference room yeah i i couldn't hear a word anyone was saying and i was like <laughs> i was like like are we just being like really quiet right now or like what's going on it was a comment thank you brian johnson Good movie. I don't think it should win best picture.
2: No. Not a
0: great movie. Good movie, not great. But uh, we, I'm, I'm gonna have a movie thing on this chat. You don't like movies, though. Um, it's not that yeah. I don't like
2: movies. I just don't have two hours to sit down and watch a movie.
0: Right. 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 Well, it's a, it's a busy job. Bearcat Journal. Yeah. Life is life is life. But <laughs> I tell you what, um, let's let's touch a little bit more about. The whole, uh, you know, Combine obviously is a week away or you know, week and a half away. But life still, is life. It is. Aaron, do you disagree? True story.
2: It's a very – that's a true story. Life oh, is – factually, man.
0: life is life. It's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. But, yes, I agree, Brian. But, um, no, it's awesome seeing recently you get some posts about, you know, workouts and, and current numbers and everything. And then Dave Simone during the whole you know senior senior week was saying I, I'm not going to give much credence to uh, Joe whatever who has you know 150 followers saying this or that about Desmond Ritter or Sauce Gardner or, or or different you know players who were working out. But now you're starting to see these big time mentions. You know Mike Renner today said Desmond Ritter is the only QB I draft this year. With a realistic expectation of him starting early on as a rookie. Matt Miller puts Sauce Gardner as his number one quarterback. Things are starting to become extremely real for this draft class, where you know, we were kind of always high on them getting drafted up in those first rounds, second round, you know, first day, second day, higher. But it's looking like they're even progressing higher as, as this entire offseason wears on.
2: Well, as Brady said, these guys are going to test really, really well. Like right. he is, he knows, like he yeah. has trained them to this point. He is well aware of how these guys are going to test, how they're going to run, how they're going to jump, you know, how they're going to look in shorts and no shirt. And uh, it's exciting. Sorry, my voice is is on the verge of collapse.
0: That's good.
2: After after 3 hours of radio today and and the the subathon on Friday, uh I am
0: keep the whiskey flowing.
2: I am almost at a place of collapse in my voice, which
1: How many more is days good radio. for somebody?
2: It's it's not good for somebody who's got 3 more days of radio this week. <laughs>
1: keep <laughs> the whiskey flowing. Tea and and honey. Gargle salt water. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did a From, uh <laughs> Quick
0: story. I did a, a national tournament down in uh, Dayton, Tennessee. And I had to broadcast seven basketball games a day. And the second that I got there, like a crazy cold hit me. And I like, completely lost my voice. And I had no idea how I was going to be able to do this. But like I almost, you said, Aaron, tea, honey, and a lot of excitement, man. <laughs> I somehow made it happen. But but the weirdest thing was broadcasting a, a dunk contest on the radio. I mean, like oh, that sounds awful. It was horrible. I I kept on saying, "Oh my gosh, you should have seen that!" <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, you
1: couldn't see it.
0: <laughs> it, it was it was fun though, it was unreal. Fun. It was fun, but no, I this this football team. You know, we we mentioned how all these draft players are moving on. And I I kind of asked a question to Brady about it as the recruit rankings kind of level up each year, year in and year out, does the, you know, does it kind of change when these new players come in? Are, are they all of a sudden, are these freshmen to the level of what a sophomore was development wise right off the bat, because they are a little higher rated, a little bit further along in the process. And, Not really. No. Yeah.
2: I mean, they're, they're maybe a, a, you know, a, a bit more physically gifted or right. they have maybe an extra tool in the toolbox, mm-hmm. um, but you still have to come in and learn what this really takes. Like, does, does it maybe happen a step faster than, than somebody that took two years to figure it out? Maybe they figure out in a year and a half, you know, that part is possible. But from the starting point, I think there's so much that you still have to mentally be able to, you know, figure out and be able to digest. That I think it, you start pretty much where everybody else starts. I think you just, you know, maybe you can read the book a little faster, right? Like right. your words per minute are a little bit higher, uh, if you
0: will. Yeah, exactly. So take a take a player like you know we mentioned him a couple of times already, like a JQ Hardaway. He might be one that, like you said, had the spark notes version and he's already through, you know, the first semester, if you will. But, you know, another player who Aaron was able to mention was was also um, on the speed list today. Oh, my gosh. His name is escaping me. Uh, Willis. Willis. Yeah. He's he's a player who, you know what they he camped. He performed really well. They loved his speed. And like Brady said, he comes in a little timid and also probably come, you're coming off the injury as well. So maybe it's players like that that take a little bit more time to get up to speed. And once he's there, it really shows.
1: Seems like uh, at 21 miles an hour, he's, he's up to speed.
0: That's a good way to put it. I see what you did there.
1: Good way to put it. I see what you did there. Good way
0: to put it. To put it. Um, so, yeah. So, what? Spring practice starts on the 5th. Do they – Squat the is squat fest then that Friday right before spring practice or is that completely in the summer? I, I'm trying to remember.
2: Squat fest is a summer deal,
0: right? Right. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to remember. That's the, the uh, it's it's I
2: basically think. the final okay. thing they do before they take a little bit of time off in July and then get ready to report to we'll camp. Right. So it's right. kind of the end of the summer workout program.
0: Man. I, I mean, this seems exciting, and uh, you know, as as spring practice draws near, it's gonna obviously we'll, we'll be able to kind of nitpick and and break down things. But you know, you guys spoke with Malik, and it seems like he kind of was peeling back the curtain a little bit on on the defensive line and and things of that sort. And you know, it, in his voice and the way he was talking about the team, it seemed like there was a a subtle confidence, you know, as the The young players are getting older and and improving and everything like that. So it's going to be fun to watch, especially, you know, as we're going to be able to bring it to you every day. Every. I'll be there. You will. There's no doubt. Every single day. (laughs) I'm excited.
2: I'm ready for it. Like I, I, spring football is always one, like one, I like it more than camp because I don't have to drive to higher ground every day. I just have to drive to campus every other day right uh which is which is good um <laughs> but it, there's a lot there's there's a lot more unknown in spring ball that that gets answered, right you know and then by the time you get to the end of spring ball in the spring game, you have some answers about what things are going to look like at camp and like I said, like I don't think this is a new chapter like I think we already read the the, the first book of Luke fickle in Cincinnati is is ended in Dallas. Right. I think. Like and now we're getting book 2. And there are some of the same characters uh right. that are in book 1 that are in book 2, but the main characters kind of moved on outside of Fickle and and Brady the main like, you know, not just the players but right. Den Brock and Freeman and and Brian Mason and you know, a lot right. of the 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 lead stories in the first book are no longer here. And the main character of book two is still here, uh, but he's going to have a lot of, a lot of change
0: in who tells
2: this story. And that's fascinating.
0: It is. It truly is. And it's going to be, going to be something exciting to watch. And obviously we've got a little bit more time until we have a full deep dive into that. But, uh, well, we you know. got
2: one more BBP and then spring football starts. Think right. about that. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean about that's, that.
0: that's exciting. That is Next next Monday
2: football. is our final BBP before we we get to the start of spring ball uh on Saturday March 5th.
1: Mm. Love that. I, I are
2: you, are you guys going to all be in the house on that fifth? Saturday March 5th early? Probably it's, probably probably early morning. You you might have to come down the night before, Brent.
0: Right. Well, I'll be there this Saturday. Um I it's it's an up in the air. There's a there's a trip that I'm currently planning on going on, so we'll see, we'll see. What what country <laughs> do you have a wedding in? This I told you days? he'd
1: have a wedding. <laughs>
0: no no wedding no wedding, but uh, it's a it's a bachelor cop-cation. party. Little little copcation is what we call it. So it'll be fun, it'll be fun. But no, I it's it's gonna be something that every single day I bet will bring a new story with it. So um, I'm I'm definitely interested to hear what what does stem from it
1: but wait so you're getting engaged no i'm
0: not getting engaged
1: <laughs> that would bring a new story every day <laughs> no i'm not
0: I, i'm not getting engaged
1: Just
0: want to make <laughs> sure
2: would we have to engaged. would we have to broadcast an episode of the bounce from your
0: wedding like Aaron and i man sure make it like be the 12 I mean, hour one what, what yeah, country I to, would it be in though chad i went to a wedding in in france and like Get this. They this, this fucking guy. We, we literally <laughs> no, no no. We literally woke up and started like drinking and had you know little little patisseries and different things of that sort. And I hate just literally tip? literally drank the entire day.
1: Okay. And guess so when, when they like start. A, like guess when they serve for you.
0: Guess when they finally serve dinner. Ten o'clock at night. Ten p.m. at night. Yeah,
2: that's what they do in Europe. They're weird, man.
0: No, oh, it's insane. Got, got people that couldn't even stand up. It was, a, it was fun. though. It was a lot of fun. Party, party just wore on. It was, it was good. What's time. that have to do with me and
2: Aaron doing a podcast at your wedding?
0: I was saying it was, it had, it had to be the subathon version. Cause, cause we're going all night. 12 hours. We're going Fifteen. all night. All, all night long. Jesus. All night. But, uh, well, well, speaking of all night long, um, I've been thinking about yesterday's game all night long. Uh, you know, it's been something that has been keeping me up. Uh, but before we mention that, as we transition into basketball, I do want to talk about one thing Daniel Skillings. Oh, oh, oh. Wes Miller was on the subathon in a Philly coffee house. And then one or two hours later, witnessed one of the better dunks that you've seen out of a Cincinnati recruit since what? Probably Gary Clark. Threw one down, and, and and his highlight tapes. You go back and watch those, man. Gary was crazy, but that Daniel Skilling's dunk was unbelievable.
2: Why in the world would that kid jump? What are you thinking? Like you're about to 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 literally be on a poster. Don't jump. <laughs>
0: Aaron, Dude, do you can have you a imagine picture? If
2: we walked around like Berg, the whole <laughs> subathon air,
0: I'd be dizzy. What did he do? Did he walk around the
1: whole thing? The whole time.
2: That's what he does. That's what he does. Is when he like, I, I didn't know this. Cause we didn't like back when Berg was doing podcasts, we just were doing uh Skype audio podcasts. Yeah. But he walks the entire time. He paces his house <laughs> the entire time he's, he's on. I would be so out of breath, Aaron.
0: (laughs) I mean, my my legs fidget. My legs fidget, but man, I couldn't imagine walking.
2: I woke up at like eight thirty the next morning with a terrible cramp in my calf. I guess from just how I was for for
0: sitting for fifteen
2: hours.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) You you got up and moved around?
1: Not much. I I really didn't.
0: Yeah, Aaron, you were kind of sitting down the whole time.
1: You didn't really shut down. I, I sat down most of
0: the time. Right. Yeah. Like if we if we put a running clock,
2: I was probably sitting for at the 14 of the 15 hours. That's right.
1: Probably right. I I feel like I was even more.
2: <laughs> you were probably 14 and a half of the 15 hours. Yeah,
1: I mean, at some point I did move the stool out to where I was like standing at the desk. Yeah. But I almost had wished I had one of those like exercise balls i thought about that about halfway through the the stupid subathon where i'm like man if i had one of those exercise balls i could be like bouncing moving around like not just sitting on this chair that gets harder by the hour
0: yeah in my office we have we have the standing desks
1: yeah those uh
0: those those help from time to time because there are days that especially when i've got a write-up i'll be i'll be in there from seven until one a.m so Believe me, I, I completely know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I that Daniel Skilling's dunk, first off, gotta mention that. Aaron, what were your thoughts when you saw the Daniel Skilling's dunk and how many technicals are being handed out if that was in a college game?
1: Well, my initial thought was, I hope if I play this video on the subathon, which is what we did, that I can play it and it doesn't just jump and skip all around as videos tend to do. Um, It was golden uh, from everything that I understood. I I think it worked. Um, I did play it from Instagram, which normally I play videos from Twitter. Maybe that was the difference. Um, I also had my computer instead of the computer here in Athens. Perhaps that was the difference. Um, I wasn't, you know, with other people in the house streaming other, things right. and what have you so, so I don't know um, but that was that was my initial concern when I saw the dunk um, second that dunk was nasty uh, we don't have anyone who can fly like that and if we did I'd be concerned that they'd come down funny and potentially be out the next game uh, so we haven't had a flyer like that who's the last person on this team that could dunk like that I mean can you even name the last person on this I team mean, who could dunk Ray, like that they could dunk. dunk like that But was his as athletic as that? Like, Keith, Keith for sure. Even then, Keith, yeah, but I feel like he preferred the layup over, like, I'm going to go two hands on you.
2: Dan didn't go two hands. It was one one one. handed. I
1: mean, yes, but I think Dan has. But, like, taking off from that distance, yeah, it it had, like, some,
0: like, what, go back to, like, a James White feel to it. But, I, I, I mean, Keith threw down. Uh, I mean, Jake. Jake could throw down. Um, I mean, I, it just was like I'm trying to think who really had that that killer mentality. Who I like? I mean, if Jaron could rise up, like that was like a I don't know. Jaron on a fast break is absorbing contact and trying to lay it up. Daniel now, speaking Skilling of Jaron
2: in the yeah, house. In the
0: Awesome that they recognized him. I was yeah. I was waiting for it, and it it came. And uh, man, he uh, he's he deserves a lot because his senior year, man. I and I I will die on this hill if, if if things were were as they could have been, and Mick Cronin was around for his senior year. I think Jaron is is in the running for national player of the year. That's that. That's my take, and I don't think it's that far fetched. But um, aside from that, yeah, great, great for him to get shout out. But that seemed like it was a fast break, and instead of just trying to lay it up, absorb contact, and get an and one, Skilling said, "I'm going to go over you." And it's just, man, that's going to be a lot of fun to have on the team, especially with that kind of mentality as well. Um, and then, of course, you in the midst of that, you you hear the the 2020 game put up by <laughs> yet. Uh, so so here's the biggest thing, question. As the current roster constructs, and a quick glimpse into the future, because we're going to talk about the Temple game a little bit, but not too much. Skillings and Reed, how quickly are they implemented into what this team is going to do? Because it, it seems to me, watching and hearing and, and seeing both of them play, seems like they are as college ready probably, maybe read a little bit more at this point just kind of body wise I I don't know all the skillings looks great who's who is are, are they immediate day one rotational big minute guys
2: big minute guys probably not rotational guys yeah probably mm-hmm. um Dan's gonna need to get a little stronger. I, I don't think Josh is going to have that problem. I think Josh will get up to speed pretty quick uh, in terms of the weight room because he's already got kind of a bigger frame. Right. Um. But they'll, they'll both be guys that warrant minutes. It's just, well, the other thing we don't know, like what's the roster look like? Right. What are the subtractions? What are the additions? Do those additions play the, a similar position as, Reed and Skilling's like uh, we don't we don't have any idea yet, but as we have talked about, they are definitely going to add some needed size and length into this program, and that alone should give them an opportunity to like to earn some minutes, if you will.
0: And then Sage, Sage's numbers are getting better week in yeah. and week out. Uh, I mean, not often you just bring in a seven-footer. I can imagine he might start to see some looks as well, depending on if they go for a big in the portal. Obviously, they they really want one. It's been heard, spoken about. So, maybe even Sage, a a big offseason in the weight room, who knows?
2: He's going to have to get a lot stronger before he's he's ready, ready for the college grind.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: But... Never know. We'll see see how he takes to the Monster Factory.
0: That we will. That we will. Aaron, speaking of Monster Factory, did you have to maybe pump some iron to take out some frustration after the game yesterday? Or or were you able to kind of just stomach a tough to, you know, sweep against the Temple Owls? You know, it's a... That game was frustrating because the first half, I was I was frustrated, and man, you listen to Wes Miller in the post game. He comes in, Chad. I I mean, he he threw that stat sheet down. You can kind of tell he, he he had a little bit more. Just you know, and he immediately said he was disappointed. Immediately, kind of just latched onto that, and and that was we had seen that a little bit before, but I it kind of felt like that was a strength, more evident yesterday that I had seen most recently or all season. So Aaron, first thoughts on, on the game, break it
1: down. Well, I, I got to drive the two and a half hours back to Athens. Wow. So I, I had to set the cruise control. So I wasn't doing like 90. You had my draft. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know. I mean, Wes Miller said it when we talked to him, I don't know if you've gone back and listened to any of the subathon that you weren't actually on. Um, but, it's no knock on you. It was, it's a lot to go through, um, but it's and he said it when he was on with us. He said, you know, I'm pissed after a loss. I'm pissed. This, yeah. The fans should be pissed. I'm pissed after a loss. So I don't think I don't think disappointed even covers the, the range of emotions he was probably feeling after that loss, uh, especially mm-hmm. dropping one at home to a team that had you played the first half the way you played the second half. We're probably talking a different story. Um, they, they, it was, it was a frustrating game as a fan. It was a frustrating game. I can only imagine as a coach. Um, I don't know. It's this team is going to disappoint at times. This team is going to win games that we don't believe that they were going to win at times. And they lose some games as well. I mean, it's, it's a gamut of emotions with this team. It's his first year it's not his guys that he would necessarily have here in three years, four years. Um, He put a team together in in 30 days and I still think it's been rather successful. All things considered.
0: Yeah. Chad, he did seem a little bit uh, extra frustrated from what I could tell. Um, I don't know if you kind of sense that the same thing.
2: Yeah he's pretty equally pissed after every loss. Uh, right. the, I mean maybe Memphis was the one where it was like uh, they we, they had more dudes than we did. Right. Um he, he definitely felt they, you know, they they could have beat Temple, not that they should have necessarily with the way they played in the first half, but um hopefully they found something in that second half. Defensively, that allows them to get back on track uh, on that end of the floor going forward. Yeah. Uh, over these final four games of the regular season, three of them on the road against three of the teams that are. Where's UCF at? They're they're probably going to get a buy, aren't they? Uh,
0: what do you mean? Where? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they're. I think they're one or two above Cincinnati, like six or five.
2: The top five get a buy. They're right there in the mix for a buy. Um, right. Although there are some reports that Brandon Mahan might not play, I did see uh, that Wednesday, which would be good because he uh, the put it on cooler. the Bearcats pretty good last year. Yeah. Um, I, I just I think the effort in the first half was lacking. Um, he won't make the excuse for them. I saw a team that looked tired in the first yep. half if not physically, mentally, a team that had played a lot of games in a short span, it, you know, it's a Sunday at 2 o'clock, you're asking them to, to get and, – and, and I know, it's, it's what's expected of them. Um, but they're 18- to 22-year-olds 23. They're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. So uh, I saw a team that just didn't look uh, sharp much more so than like a team that wasn't trying, if that makes sense. Um, I just think they were off their game. And, you know, you play a team like that, that the scouting report is they can't shoot, right? Yep. And it's demoralizing when they go and make eight of 10 threes in the first half, because you're in, in some ways you're probably doing what the scouting report wants which is making them shoot from the perimeter but we've talked about this a million times even bad shooters make wide open rhythm shots like those are the easiest shots to make yeah there's not a hand in your face you're catching the ball in rhythm and you're just letting it loose Mm -hmm. and they got in the first half they got a lot of those that that led to that eight of ten shooting performance um and you get down, they were down, what, 19-6 to six at the under-8 stop. And that's mentally tough to fight back from. It's actually, I mean, if you look the rest of the second half, or rest of the first half, offensively, they kind of got off the schneid and and got up to, they're what, 34 at halftime? There's, no, it's 47-33, right? Yeah. Yes. But I thought the biggest play of the game in terms of momentum happened, the biggest – sequence of the game in terms of momentum happened right before the half. Yeah. Cincinnati's clawing back. They're down 11. They get a rhythm look for Davenport. They cut it to eight. And if you get a stop, you go in, you played a terrible half, but you're only down eight. And you're feeling a little bit better about yourself that you're starting to, to get some flow and you got some stops toward the end of the half and, and maybe things are feeling a little better. Davenport misses. They get a rebound. They come down, they hit a three, they get fouled. They don't make the free throw, but instead of going down, going in single digits down eight, you go into down 14. Right. And then they came out. It looked like it's still struggling with the similar thing and they get down 16 or 17 uh, before they slowly start to chip away. And I just think that game would have been totally different if they go into the half down eight, um, you know, and they're feeling pretty good about themselves, and that just that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, and the thing about that final possession for Temple is that, yes, they they are three hundred thirtieth in the country in in three point shooting percentage coming into the game, but they have one guy. They (laughs) right not anymore, but they have one guy who is good. Was who was who a good three point shooter, and that's Zach Hicks. And who was left wide open with a late closeout on that final defensive possession to end the half? It was Zach Hicks. Yeah. And that's that's who got the four point play. So you know, it just seemed like there were some breakdowns, like you said. Um yeah, and and it's not because they weren't trying, you know, they were flying all over the place, but maybe just like you said, it's a little bit, I, I don't know. It's, it's inconsistent is, is the main word that you can really say about this team. And I don't know if – Consistently inconsistent. Yeah, that's very safe to say. And I think I think Justin Williams might have put that in his title or something along those lines. But you know, it, it just is – it's something that this team – I I mean, they beat Illinois. Like, Illinois went on can the we road – we stop beat, with that? That was I, like a season and a half ago. Can we I know it was, Illinois but I'm thing? just – I'm just pointing out how inconsistent it is and it just, you know, the, the ebbs and flow of the year, obviously have hit, hit the point where now everyone knows exactly what this team has. And I just don't think the the firepower is there to respond to what opposing teams know that they want to do. So, um, and and it goes back to what we were talking about on, on the, uh, subathon when I came on, you know, what's the, I know the the easy answer is win. Do do whatever it takes to win. To win every day. To win every practice. Win every game. This, that, and the other. Like what you know? What now is the adjusted purpose within the locker room for the team? You know do do players want to you know send Abdul and and, and Hayden off in a big way? Do they want to? You know what kind of is the the driven purpose? You know do they want to go to Whatever postseason might be available, whether it's CBI, CIT, NIT, who knows? You know what? Whatever gets thrown their way, or if they get absolutely a magical run and hit every three they take, and (laughs) that's me talking in la la land. But what is the adjusted purpose for the team? You know, and and I I don't know the answer to that. I don't think anyone really does. But I don't think it changes.
2: Like win games, like. Yeah, get out there and, and get some dubs. Right. Get to twenty. I don't think that's necessarily anything they care about specifically, but you get what I'm saying. Like, go go yeah. win some games. Like get, right.
0: Finish the season strong. Yeah, I I mean it. You just you don't want to be like a stat sheet, you know, analyzer. But it's it's tough when teams completely are trying to take away Dave DeJulius, and, and that's evident. Um, And, you know, a a team like Temple has the length that frustrates David DeJulius. And when you're able to kind of minimize his effect, you you need to have players like Micah Adams-Woods or or Mikey Saunders kind of step up and take some of that load off. And, I mean, the two of them combined for, I I mean... I'll
2: pull it up.
1: I got it right here. Micah was two
2: of 15... Mikey was 0 of four, 0 of three from three. Micah was two of nine from three. Right. Um, I, I'm interested with Micah. He is starting to see an in, like an increase in aggressiveness, an increase in the uh, need for him to to hunt his shot on. We saw DeJulius struggle with that last year, right? Yeah. Where- where when, we, when the team really needed him to step up and do more, he maybe wasn't ready for it. I'm interested to see if going forward, maybe this is what Micah is going through right now, where it's one thing to know, like, okay, I'm probably going to have five, six, seven shots tonight. Right. Try to be super efficient. Let's try to take the best shots that we can take as opposed to look teams are doing everything they can to take dave away. So now I'm going to have to to step up. And I'm going to have to like be the guy that, you know, gets teams to to back off of their pressure on Dave. That puts a lot right. of a lot of heat on him that that he's never experienced before. Is this an adjustment period or is this who he is? Because there's a big distinction between that if it's an adjustment period it means next year he's more ready to handle that role when necessary right if this is who he is then this problem is going to continue into next year because it's not like teams next year aren't going to look back at this year and go look if you if you take the julius away if he comes back we don't know you know mm-hmm. that decision is going to be but it you know if you take the Julius away, they don't have anybody outside of Davenport that can score, and we don't think Davenport can beat us. Mike has got going to have to be ready, you know, to play that role with uh, in a more consistent fashion.
0: I kind of want to know your guys' thoughts on, and I mean, I I am not a head coach, I am not a coach, I am none of that, but maybe I, it seems as if when when they do pass Dave the ball, that's when the attention is completely thrown at Dave. So what if, teams are
2: are blitzing ball screens? Right. So, um, they're jumping him, right, and, and trying to get the ball out of his hands.
0: So, so what if you have Dave bring ball up?
2: Just They've dad. done that more,
0: right? And Nick. Micah excelled when he was kind of just that stand-up shooter, or you know, finding his his place on a on a cut and able to lay it up quickly before defense can react and. You know, th- you know slashing and things of that and I I don't know it just seemed as if when when Micah has the ball bring it up kind of just eat some some shot clock off then then they get the motion going And I don't know have have Dave bring it up that might adjust the defense against him and I mean you're not going to blitz him right away
2: yeah but you can't here's the, yeah you are because right. if you're right. doing that like you're setting the target. You're not running any offense and he just has the ball in his hands. So they've done a little bit more of having him bring the ball up, give it up and then running him. Yeah. You know, there's been some baseline runner there's, you know, there's, there's been some, you know, multiple screen actions um, to try to get him a little space where he's, he's catching the ball uh, with the ability to play one-on-one as opposed to catching the ball uh, or or handling the ball off of just ball screens. Uh, so there's been an attempt to do a lot of those things, but you got to make shots. Like th- that's what it comes, you know, you're not going to take the heat off Dave if the other guards aren't productive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It- it's the same as like if your team can't shoot and they just pack it in on you and say, come get some. Right.
1: Well, correct right. me if I'm wrong, but they ran off a lot of press. Uh, whether it be full court or half court, Temple in particular ran an awful lot of press on.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot Cincinnati. of it was token. Like they weren't really trapping; they were just doing it. Um, you know, Cincinnati right now is having to grind through offense to try to to try to make something happen. Right. Uh, and by the way, I, I just want to clarify for for people when you complain about standing around on offense. Those guys are setting picks. Like, their job is to stand. <laughs> <laughs> like when you look at it, like they're running a ton of action. <clears throat> they're doing like yes, there are going to be like momentary pauses in set action. You know, as, as the ball stops for a second, right? But, but
1: like uh, like we talked about last night, though, is that the passing lanes were clogged because yeah. Temple's a long team.
0: Yeah. And they were so, down. They were down one of their long guards. I, you know, it's just, it just when when you don't have. I we saw in the Wichita game when shots fall, everyone kind of gets in the groove. Everything's a little easier. Everything flows a little simpler. But obviously, shots weren't falling. And also against a team like Temple, who scored forty nine points at South Florida two weeks ago. I, I mean, stomach that for a second. They were actually making shots in the first half, and they have a good defense, so that actually gave them a chance to set up a defense. Yeah. Cincinnati wasn't making shots. They weren't able to set a defense. It's just all those things kind of tie into each other, and that first half is one I, I I want to forget. There's no doubt I want to forget that. Um, but, Aaron, another thing we talked about after Wichita game is the fact that you saw Odio Guama and abdul Do look for their shot. Try and get some some action down low in the post towards the basket. Odie was able to score double figures. Only shot the ball four times, I believe. Uh, got got right. some extra shots at, at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Abdul with zero shot attempts. Uh, you know, it. I think just the the absolute lack of of a post presence just completely bottles up this team on top of everything else.
1: Well, when, when in all fairness, when you. Abdullah do when you get a Hayden Koval they're not known for being offensive stalwarts they they're known right. for being defensive presences down low yeah, exactly and I, I think you saw maybe one of one of Hayden's more aggressive games I, I think he was doing everything he could um, during the game to try and, and be that defensive presence when he was in and you know I mean it's, you always see that effort out of Abdullah do. So the, I, again, I think you're trying to ask too much of a player of these types of caliber to, to be something that they haven't been over the course of what's now this. They're in their sixth season. Like you're not right. going to reinvent a player oh, no. at the collegiate level in their sixth season. I'm
0: not asking that, but, but, but give me. Give, I'm sorry. Teams are kind of just completely taking them out. It, like it's like they don't even exist on the court. Um I don't know. It's just. It's it's something that I, at this point, obviously it's not going to change, but it's, it's something that just continuously. It's just, you know, it, it is who they are.
1: Like it, we, we right. right, we all they're, know they're, it.
0: They're a
2: team that they're a team that's bad at like they're, they're bad at twos. So mm-hmm. when they're cold from three, like here's the thing.
1: Twenty five percent. We we talked about it last night, Chad. Twenty five percent, right?
2: It, it's another way for me to try to explain this from people.
1: On,
0: on what the threes versus twos.
2: Oh, yeah. Stop stop jacking up threes. From three, you like you can go hot and cold, right? Like, yeah. You know what you don't generally do? Go hot and cold from two. Like, either you have guys that can finish at the rim, or you don't. Like now, there will be teams that you'll have an advantage over, right? right um where you're where it's gonna be a little bit easier to score from from two mm-hmm. but against quality high major type competition if you're bad from two you're gonna be bad from two this right. team is now under forty three percent from two in conference play yep. that is that is so stunningly bad stunningly bad under forty three percent from two mm-hmm So doing it more is just ramming your head against the wall. You know what the crazy thing about the Temple game was? They were in the place that they were because they were good from where you never want to shoot. Like 15 feet, like 12 to 17 feet. That that contested mid-range jumper. Right. It is is where you want to avoid. You want you want threes and you want layups, right? Well, it, it, and, and here's another thing. They, they they had 12 layups. 12 attempts at the rim. They had one dunk. Yeah. It, it's not an explosive team. No. It, it's not a team that finishes with with authority it's not a team that finishes above the rim it's right. a below the rim team at the rim and that includes most of their bigs
0: well and it, would you say because you saw in on the one drive late in the game david julius drives and looked like he had somewhat of an open lane and then three players collapsed on him and all three i think blocked the shot together like, like you got to give each one of them point three of a block shot <laughs> right. on that play, and it's simply because every big, every, every opposing big knows they can leave their man because they don't really have too much of a fear of either a them getting some sort of a dump off and finish, or b getting an offensive rebound and, and, and finish. You know, it it just seems as if that's that's kind of how teams are saying, okay, well, Micah Adams Woods will drive hard, David Julius will drive hard. John Newman will drive hard and then stop and then do a fade away. But they're not a threat can, at we the can meet them. They're just not we, a threat. Yeah, we can leave our guy and meet them because there's no – it just – it's frustrating because, you know, it's uh, – It's it what, what it is. is. It's it what it is. And, Growing uh, pains, man. It is, right. Exactly. And, and the fact is, though, you know – the cupboard was not extremely bare like it was for Mick Cronin, you know, and... But it wasn't full. No, 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 not by any means. But, you know, it, and you, you easily can argue the last regime had it set up golden. And, of course, that was kind of a... Uh, yes, thank you, Matt Lanham. Thank you. He can dunk. He can absolutely dunk. Thank you for the reminder. But, you know, it seems as if right now they're they're finding themselves and it's kind of also a springboard to what next season and the upcoming seasons can be too. So um, hopefully down the stretch, you know, I, I want any, I am a proponent because I saw floating around Bearcat Twitter a little bit today about what, if some sort of a postseason presents itself, do you accept it? I'm on the side. 100% you accept it. I, I think, uh, more more game time, more practice time and the ability to, to end the season on a high note is what I want. Um, and so you hope for that and we'll see what happens because obviously this this Wednesday, 9 p.m at UCF, that, that sounds like fun. And then of course senior night <laughs> against South Florida 7 p.m. So I, you know, I don't that,
1: know, that sounds like fun. <laughs>
0: I mean, like a 9 p.m. tip. We we always score low points at UCF. I mean, gosh.
1: Did either of you, by chance, catch any of Bearcat Twitter last night? Just no. I, I went to my hole. How on fire things were about. People blaming section people and, blaming yeah. the student section, student section blaming the lower bowl, and the people upstairs who just were there to get drunk, and it's just—it's a mess. Just dial it back after losses like that. Just dial it back. Take a beat. Keep scrolling, or or just. All something. things considered, I thought the crowd wasn't that bad.
2: I didn't either. I thought when when the the moment called for it, the place was really loud. Yep. I, I thought you know what you know when the crowd is a problem. When the team is down 19 to 6 at the under eight or the under 12 media timeout.
1: When you score two points in the first five minutes.
0: And then when like you come out of a timeout and Temple drills another three, it just oh god. What what are you excited
2: about? Like what of course everybody's on their hands. You know what everybody's thinking? This fucking sucks. Yeah. When that like when a start is like that, finding energy is hard. So Kelly Kelly went to the game last night. Um she she got some tickets from a friend of mine and the friend of mine gave her three tickets, one for Kelly, one for Kelsey, one for me. And Kelly was like, "Well, you know, Chad has got to work. He's not he's not going to be able to sit with us." Uh so they had an extra spot and right about the 14 minute mark of the first half, I was like, "Think hey, I might go sit with Kelly." I think I might just shut the laptop. Let Brent watch my backpack.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go hang out with my wife for this one. Man, it was just—it truly it really was one of those, you know, like even like when there were some loose balls in the first half, and they were kind of just like bouncing around, it would like fall right into the hands of a wide-open Temple three-point shooter, yep. and he would like pick it up off the ground. And drill it, and it's just like, I mean, there like there were some bad percentage shooters nailing three point shots yesterday, and they were also open and in rhythm. Some weren't. Some some were a little tougher. Well, once you get hot, ahead. you're hot, right?
1: But once well, you what, what, let
2: somebody, <laughs> once you let somebody start to feel it, like,
1: why why do you think Davenport keeps taking threes behind the logo? Like he's just heat check. He's shooting almost forty percent from three as the
2: person that sits behind me on M- media row said when he when he shot that one from the logo with like 24 seconds on the clock he was like what they're going to run 22 seconds of offense and he's going that's the shot he's going to get anyway and i'm like yeah not wrong
0: <laughs> yeah he probably. gosh might. but it it was frustrating then you know that that last you know 6 minutes or so first off i I think that one video where they're you know they're doing the queen the queen back and forth, uh, warm up singing. I mean, I think if if there's a hit he- like a crazy situation and like a, a highly contested game, close one back and forth, you know that that's a you know I my friend was texting about it. I I, I think that's going to be an awesome thing to kind of get the crowd into it and real loud. But every single time it looked like they were going to get closer, is just a missed shot or you know a, a, a failed opportunity and it just sometimes those sometimes it's just not there and it, it wasn't, wasn't there. For there. Them. no it wasn't, it wasn't like, there. Chad,
1: like chad likes to say sometimes you're the bug sometimes you're the windshield
0: <sighs> yeah yeah gosh man they're so good when the shots fall man Shocker. Let's, just, let's just see what happens <laughs> Run the make shot offense more, Wes. Dumbass. <laughs> I mean, some of those shots were wide open, by the way. All you can do is get wide open rhythm shots. And so, you know what? Here's the hope. Here's the hope. Um, obviously, we're, we'll, we'll continue talking about basketball, and I think it's going to get a get a little bit of a oof in the system. Uh, but right now, before we head into the to the mailbag. Gentlemen, anything, uh, anything else as far as recruiting wise that you have been able to uh, drum up or hear about, or uh, no, nope, that stuff will start to pit. We're
2: we're getting close. We're a couple right. two weeks away from, you know, we'll we'll start getting a bunch of recruits to spring practice. Right, and basketball will end, and things will turn to to next year. So we're not far away. We're just in that little little lull. Uh, in the recruiting world. AJ Sally was. Uh, yeah. No longer needed in the recruiting class, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, there were some. Weight issues that obviously Mike Cummings was concerned about. Uh, actually, I heard 220. I heard today when he came down here, he weighed in at 213. Um uh, I think Desmond Ritter is bigger than that. That's that. That's only twelve pounds heavier than Sauce. Is if you're going to play that, offensive line? Two thirteen is uh, a bad look.
0: Is that a wrestling thing
2: that yeah. he like loses and gains it back, or is it just kind of a not not taking care of business? Yeah. And plus, there were uh, growing red flags on the academic side, so. Just uh, you know, I, I know everybody hates it because he was he was loud and and vocal proud. and proud of of his offer, but that doesn't mean you can stop taking care of business. Right, you got to continue to to handle your business, and he did not do that,
0: so uh, that was the end of that. You, you did see Tavion Galloway mention he's going to be in town on the night. Oh, uh, we're going to be we're going to be getting a lot of that. Right. So, when they come in is that just like a unofficial visit type thing? Kind of Yeah, like they what, come uh, in and
2: watch spring practice and right. talk to the coaching staff, uh kind of get a feel for what a practice, what the culture is like at Cincinnati, like what you're going to do, how you're going to how you're going to work, what the uh what the game plan is for once you become a Bearcat?
0: Can only hope the weather holds up so that uh, they can see fifth third yet again in all its glory. Not fifth jeez. Nippert Stadium yet again in all its glory. Um, well, guys, is it is it time for the uh, that old mailbag? What do you say?
1: There's not okay. a ton in it. Um, not a ton. No, it's it's a it's fairly light, and uh, one of the one of the questions in here uh was more of a uh, request uh than a question. Do we, do we say thank you to 513shirts.com uh
2: for for handling the subathon? Yeah, yeah of course. We're uh yeah. <laughs> Mike Mike and I from 513 shirts are working on a new uh BCJ line of merch. Maybe cool. maybe a a bounce, some uh, bounce gear? How are we? I'm think I'm thinking we might have to put that on a shirt.
0: How are we? How are we?
1: I think I think it just needs to be Brent, a caricature of Brent. Just
2: yeah, how and the words we? how are we in yeah. a in a bubble? Yeah. <laughs> be he's got like he's got he's got groupies over here in the chat. It's gross. What what do you do guys I? think? You, are, you guys want a uh a Brent? How are we? <laughs>
1: I wish a I had t-shirt. a button where it would talk. <laughs>
2: No, you can do I mean. that. There's you can get little soundboards uh, that you Nobody know we could just re- we could record Brent saying "How are we?" and play it anytime we need
0: it. We could send like like greeting cards or like a uh, like a our Christmas card every year. Just the three of us together, and then you open it up and it's just a "How are we?" I like, I, the, idea.
1: I, I like the idea of a shirt that just says "See ya" with like. You can't do the CPOC cause it's trademarked, but if you could, oh, yeah. that would be good. Well, you yeah. could like
0: funk it up a little bit, you know,
1: I'm sorry. What word was that? Funk, funk, funk. 15 hours. I'm still dragging
2: up town. Funk it up. Up town. Did you to think I said that? No, the, I didn't. I, just, hey, Dan one?
1: I was, I was making the joke, man. Come on. <laughs> All right. So getting into the, uh, the football version of the mailbag again, the the mailbag's fairly light. Um, so we'll we'll hop right into it. Sorry, I'm waiting here for the bag to load. Uh, since we're getting close, are the new locker room upgrades for football expected to be done in time for the start of spring practice? It would be nice to have it ready to show off to those non-official recruiting visitors.
2: Do you really think they're going to completely remodel the, mo- the the locker room in two months?
1: No, I mean I feel like I feel, it was it was just being gutted, right? They just
2: started like the second week of January. We're we it's been going on for a month. No, it's it's a it's a project that takes time. They will not be done. Malik Van said on the subathon. We're not allowed like the, the doors aren't even open. We're not allowed to even look in there. No, we, they got a ways to go.
1: That is something we, we've we been pretty good about, asking uh, Brady for up, updates. Uh, we did yeah. neglect to ask him tonight, but next time well, we have I, him on.
2: I did at the game yesterday talk to someone who has agreed to come on one of the podcasts, and it'll probably end up being a solo mission because I don't think this person uh, podcasts at night. <laughs> So Aaron and I could do it. Brent, you, you'd have to take off work for an hour or so, probably.
0: Little little lunch date.
2: Little lunch, you know, it's better than coffee. Oh, uh,
0: <laughs> I see. You if did you that. will, so or even if
2: you won't. So we're we're working on we're working on setting up something with John Cunningham uh, here soon to just kind of get an update on everything. Uh, probably wait until. I think tomorrow, it, the the Luke contract is uh, go, the board meets about Luke's contract. Maybe we'll give it another week or two, um, and and talk to John once, you know, things have settled a little bit, and we can get uh, maybe some more concrete, definitive answers on things like Luke's contract and right. the IPF and and all that oh, good stuff.
1: A little state of Cincinnati address.
2: I mean, we just had
1: the two coaches, so
2: we might as well get the AD.
1: Amen. What what a trio they've become. Although Dave, I think Dave has requested
2: that one, so Dave might call dibs on Cunningham. How is he? Might have to fight Dave for it.
1: I he was no issue with giving like rescinding him. I'm I'm tired. Oh, that's great. All right. Uh, I often look at BCJ in the morning, and not this is the request, by the way, and and not the rest of the day. Request: Could you start these question threads the night before, so us morning people have a chance to ask questions? Thanks. Uh, especially, we were during this regular season, the the mailbag was was jam packed, and we were going two and a half hours sometimes to get through all the questions. Uh, in lieu of the off season for all the sports, I think that's a fantastic idea, and I'll be sure to start posting those. On uh, Sunday evenings, that way we can potentially have more questions getting to the mailbag um, as as things kind of die down a little bit, at least in the way of, of actual games to talk about. But we still got to your question, Bearcat Band. You got your back. We did. See <laughs> you. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> He's actually our Bearcat Band actually has another question in the uh, the basketball side, I believe. So okay. Um, any chance we can see some off-season special guests would love to hear from some of the graduating seniors, Copay, Royer, or a digital team, Sharky, Eichel, or the recruiting team, Lambert, Max, they would be really interesting, and I'm sure have some great stories.
2: Uh, we always do guests in the summer, uh, and, and summer being kind of after we get out of spring football, um, and, and you kind of get into those lulls where you don't have a ton of uh, team-specific stuff to talk about on either side. So, yes, we will be, be bringing on guests. Um, I, of course, I'm going to do what I can to get Royer and Copay on. I love those two dudes. And now that they're graduated, oh, and this is the avenue for that. Like, we would have a lot of fun with those guys. No
0: holds bars, man. Yeah.
2: Digital team, possible uh, for sure, Eichel's a great dude. I don't know if Shark is a podcast. Like, I don't know if that's something that she's uh, interested in. I'll ask her. I, I would love to have her on. Um, she's not a. She doesn't. She's. She speaks softly and carries a big stick, if you will. She's not one that did, that does a lot of chatting.
1: Some call it a tripod, Chad. Ah,
2: I see what you did there. Actually, she uses monopod a lot. Speaks softly and carries a big monopod. (laughs) The goat. Um, The goat. The recruiting team. Yeah, probably not. That one's difficult (laughs) because. Got tiptoe around that, (laughs) right? NCAA rules and violations and. I I don't. I don't think it would go over well with uh, compliance, and I just do my best to just not to not hear from compliance.
1: I can't picture a world where Zach says, You're good.
2: I, I don't think it would be Zach. It would be compliance. Like I Zach would be okay with it if 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 you know there's
1: there. I think it'd be an extremely difficult interview live. Um just because yeah. there's so many things we have to tiptoe around. Um yeah. Zach could be just, good
2: though. I I would like to have Zach on at some point. He would he has to have some great stories. He was yeah, well, he's gotta have a lot.
1: He did hop he was, on during oh, the, yeah, the, the subathon he, 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 was, he said
2: he he said he was gonna come on at one point and then dave said something oh, dave. and he was like nope <laughs> that that's a bad career move for me and i was like no nah, you right okay, we had what, we had gone
1: happened? dave after dark jump
2: <laughs> zach jumped in the chat like late like after he was like after he was the family so was in bed and he was done for yeah. the day it's like 11 30 he jumped in the chat and was like what's up fellas and we were like, "You should come
1: on." And then we were like,
2: "Ah, oh, no, no, we'll save it for some other time."
1: <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, but Zach I do was, have
0: some questions after the mailbag about the about the cappathon. But
2: Zach was um Zach was the AD or the SID at Florida State for Jameis. Yeah, and he was also the SID at Tennessee during a lot of the the chaos that happened to Tennessee. So that's a man with a lot of good stories.
1: Yeah, but how many of those stories are under NDA? For him, probably not
2: many. I don't, I wouldn't think.
1: Anything with Jameis? You
2: don't think? I don't why would he be under NDA?
1: I don't know. I mean, you're privy to some conversations as the as the Sid. I don't know. I don't think
0: any of it's gonna get back to that guy. He's too busy eating Ws,
1: man. <laughs> that was the most uncomfortable thing. Um Thinking about some of the very poor offensive – this is the basketball portion of the mailbag, by the way. Uh, thinking about some of the very poor offensive starts and how this team likes to dig holes too deep to climb out of. Miller's let-them-play style and offense has been cited as a reason big-time recruits find the opportunity at UC appealing. Considering the limitations of this year's team, do you think Miller should or could micromanage more on offense or is letting them play more important to the future of the program than not? Anthony.
2: And I, I know you're like, I know you're wordy. We got, we got to tighten up. The, we got to tighten up the questions, Tight. tighten up the questions. Letting them play is, is how basketball is evolving. The more that, that your guys are comfortable with flow and how to operate inside that offense and that structure, the better that it will be long-term. So maybe it's a little tough now because you don't have enough offensively skilled guys to really maximize the ability of what the idea in flow, which is what the, it's, it's, it's a system that's more bred out of your players having a high enough basketball IQ to read and react the defense. And, to move the ball as the defense moves and then create mismatches and attack the mismatch. Right now, Cincinnati doesn't have enough guys to attack all of the mismatches, which is why you're seeing the guys getting shots blocked at the rim. Like it's the right thing to do, but maybe in, in theory, the wrong guy to do it uh, in that, that system of reading and reacting as you introduce new guys, more talent, more length, more athleticism into the system then you're only teaching the new guys the system and the veteran guys know it and see this is this I think this is a perfect example of where we're at because that's what John Brandon wanted to run he wanted to run flow and what he realized is he didn't exactly have the guys in place to run it. So what did he do? He scrapped it. And he started going back to let's have 30 design plays and counters and actions and reactions. And then you really get guys overthinking. Especially when you're trying to do that on the fly in the middle of the season, and it's not something you've been preparing for uh, up to the to to you know when you started using it. Uh, you're always you're always going to need your your handful of go-to plays. You're always going to need that in your back pocket of okay, we need a bucket. Here's a play. here's here's what we're gonna do. And that's that's okay because that's you know you're gonna need specifics. You're gonna need baseline out of bounds, sideline out of bounds. Uh, you're going to need down three with, you know, you're down four with a minute left. Like you're going to need the, the the hitters that you feel like are like, all right, these are our, the best things that we do. But if you're going to run flow consistently, it's not a, it's not in a playbook because it's your players feeling and reading and reacting to what the defense is giving them and understanding the next step. And that is an offense that you have to plant seeds and you have to grow as, so that, that they can have the ability to read. Okay, this team's playing pack line. Uh, okay, the, the, this team's high hedging screens. This team's playing a drop coverage. Your team needs to adjust and have the understanding of what flow does against all of those different things in order to put the defense at the disadvantage. I just, I. The more and more I watch, the more it becomes just abundantly clear. They don't have a lot of guys good enough to put the defense at a disadvantage, and I don't think that changes if you're micromanaging. I, I don't think that changes if you're continuously trying to run flow. Um, I mean, maybe you can squeeze, uh, you know, a, a, a tiny a basket here, but but how much more do you hurt? Because you're maybe trying to force a square peg into a round hole. That's that's been the new the buzzword of the day uh, on the board. Like you're trying to force a guy into something he's not good at, um, just because you feel like we need to we need to run a set play. Um, it's a fine line. There's no real right answers, but I think if you're a coach that believes we want to play that style, we want to play flow like long term. Our vision is to have players on the floor that understand how this works and what our basic principles are, what we want to accomplish, and they can see and run it themselves. Um, if you're going to do that long term, you've got to plant the seeds and you got to water them. And if if they, they take a little bit to grow, that's okay. I saw it. I saw something today, a picture today that, that really... Caught my attention on this. Did you know bamboo trees grow underground for four years? No.
1: I thought they were like, I don't know. I thought they were like parasitic almost. Like they just take over everything.
2: But that, so they grow underground for four years. And when they sprout, they can grow 90 feet in six weeks. It's insane. So sometimes you can't see it. You can't see the growth because it's under the ground. It's under the surface and it's growing and it's getting stronger. And then when it sprouts,
0: it sprouts. We're scoring 90 points a game <laughs> in six weeks. So, so i tell you what though, you did see a micromanage a little bit towards the end of the game. Where, where oh, yeah, coaches are going to do plays. that at the end of a game. Yeah, right. right. And and they found, uh, but still, even then, that beautiful play got open shots wide and miss open. Them. Wide open, Jeremiah Davenport, top of the key.
1: All right, I think that was enough on that question. Well done, Chad. Uh, looking towards next season, I've seen posts which assume that DDJ is coming back for a COVID year. Have we actually heard directly from him, one way or another? If not, does BCJ have access to him to ask? Yes, I for one would love to see him come back. First off, I want to say how amazing it was to me when I used DDJ with West Wes Miller. Had never heard it, and he had never heard that. That was yeah. wild to me.
0: That that means no one on the team calls him DDJ.
1: <laughs> but um, right. That was that was all I wanted to say in regards. It's but... wild
2: to you that something fans created is not something the teams have any clue about. I mean, the rake doesn't know we call him the rake.
1: They all have their pulse. I mean, DDJ is used all over Twitter and stuff. I would think that they have their hand on the pulse of themselves on Twitter, but I mean, DDJ to his credit is a guy who reads books. He doesn't do a whole lot of, of Twitter.
2: Do I, I guess I need to just like put a sticky post at the top of the, I don't know what Dave is thinking. I don't know that Dave has sat down and like, thought this out himself he's probably like,
1: still thinking about the season
2: right like uh, coaches and players don't think like us they're trying to win they're, they're, they're trying to get you, to the end of the season
1: you play and make the to NCAA
2: tournament, the game and make the NCAA tournament and like it, it they like it's not like he just sat down after the game on Sunday and was like oh got to make a decision don't need to make it for another month, but, got you know, don't need to make it for six six weeks, but right. got to make it today. The fans are growing impatient. That it, it, It's not – and I know people think I'm, like, being an ass when I talk like this, but I, I'm, I'm trying to explain – and it, it, part of it is we get asked this six we times can. a week on the board, like daily, and he hasn't made that – like, we have let you guys know when we feel like – we, we have a good feel on like we have a good read on, you know, if somebody makes a decision like that or like John Newman is straight up said, I plan on coming back. Like, you know, I plan on playing two years at Cincinnati. We have an understanding of that. Um, what we don't have an understanding of is a guy like David who's quiet and private. If I asked him, he's not going to tell like, no, it's it, Hey Dave, you coming back next year? Well, I,
1: I, oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm in. What would that say to his teammates if they right. knew? I mean, that's – I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking even just on the team. Like, I, I'm sure they don't have a clue. Well, and I get also, why you guys
2: want to – I get why you guys ask. I get why you guys want to know. It's just we're not there yet.
0: Well, you think back to last offseason, a lot of the players that were on the team were vocal about whether they were staying or going. They opted Dave, out before the season was over. Dave was right. – Dave was the one guy who was like, he was pretty quiet that entire offseason. And I you kind of had to just, then all of a sudden practices started and, uh, you know, he's there practicing. And so it's like, all right, well, yeah, it looks like, or workout started and like, well, Dave's back. So that's a, yeah. that's a plus. So, um, but yeah, I mean, do, do I want David back? Yes. I think, I think David back with some, some pieces on offense that, you know, can break down defenses or at least kind of hunt their own shot and, and, and get good looks and set up other players like the two recruits we have coming in and hopeful additional options that we add to the rotation as well, then I, I think he's going to flourish. So um, yes, I definitely want him back as well. Um, and I can see him The coaches back. would love him back. We just don't know the, like we don't, right.
2: nobody has any indication. Like I, I think they would, they would hope that he's coming
0: back. He, but nobody he did,
2: knows that answer.
0: He did mention to, to Justin Williams that he's having the most fun that he's had in college basketball this year, and which
2: is okay. Well, and and but, he could also still, be like, I, he could also be like that. I'm you know, done I've done with had college. The most fun I, I've I ever had. I've done with college. But like, I'm, we just don't, saying, we
0: don't,
3: I'm just I, saying, I'm just saying,
0: it's, it's a cool thing to to kind of just know sure. that that's kind of his mentality right now. It's not kind of that dark cloud that that. It was over the entire team last season. So it's kind of sure. just...
2: I I'm I'm just saying I, I like that's not that's not any indication as to whether right he comes back or not because to my knowledge and I've asked because you guys keep asking me, so I keep asking to my knowledge, he has not gone through that process with his family, with himself. Like it, it hasn't happened yet. Right.
1: All right. Uh, The next question, um, Chad answered the first half of this question. I don't even know if you want me to go into that. Uh, You answered it on the board. Um, But the second half of this question is who would your MVP, who would be your MVP this year?
2: The first part of the question is, is who are we going to run off? And we're not doing that. Like I have to interview these kids. I like, I, I have a job to do and I can't properly do that job. If I'm trashing, this guy sucks and has to be kicked off the team. Like
0: there's an understanding of that, right? Well, I think it's safe to say we are running off Hayden Coval and Abdullah Du in a very good way. Thank you, guys. We love you. Thank but you, end you of eligibility. Exhausted all of your eligibility. <laughs> Thank you, end of eligibility.
2: I can't right. do like I have a job to do that, that can't include me running around shitting on guys uh, so you guys can feed the frenzy of who, who's who are leaving, we kicking who's, off? Right. Right? We, this this roster needs an enema. Like, these guys all fucking suck. Like I I can't I can't do that. The, the, it doesn't it, no.
1: Uh, so but who would ride on that? Who would be your MVP this year? David DeJulius, without question. I don't I don't think there's an argument really to be made for it. <laughs> right? Like once else. he hit his stride, that,
0: yeah, the, that's it, the it's dude. Dave. The only other argument would be Jeremiah, but it's, yeah. it's Dave.
1: Teams aren't keying on Jeremiah though. They're keying on Dave because they know. Well, oh no, I'm are, picking
0: Dave.
2: I'm picking Dave. Teams are keying on Jeremiah, and it's R four Defense. is going to get the ball and come right at him <laughs> regularly.
1: All right. Um, how tall is Daniel Skilling's? And do you see new versatility next year with Skilling's and Reed in terms of playing multiple positions? Both committed mid-fall. Is that about the same time frame we can expect 23 commits? Uh, we don't
2: know what Wes's time schedule looks like. Um, I know Mick and John both like to, um, if possible, get guys, uh, get one or two guys in June. Uh, so there's a there's a spring AAU and there's a summer AAU and it's changing a little bit now um because june is being opened up for like high school camps uh and then july is aau but the way it looked before aau ran april and may and then you would try to get you know your top target or or one of your top targets done in june uh and then you go through july aau and uh you would start scheduling visit, official visits for football season. So for your home football game, so you can get a kid on campus, get them to see what the nip looks like, get them to get some love. Like, uh, and then th- that's when you got the two commitments uh, this year in skillings and Reed was, was coming off of, you know, um, fall and visits.
0: Trip. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, and because that uh, the first signing day is in November. And generally, kids start working out for high school. Uh, They start gearing up towards their season in October. So August, September is a a key time. June is a key time. But I don't know if that's still like how that's going to work with the calendar changing some. And now that we're coming out of COVID and things are beginning to find a, a new normal, if you will. All right. I hate that term too. New normal. Oh. The new norm. skillings skillings is six seven. Uh Reed is six seven. They're both right in that range. They both have seven foot wingspans. Um, I think Dan is a shooting guard that can slide to the three, probably, if you need him to, but more best suited as a shooting guard. Um, Josh, it'll be interesting to see what things uh, he's a three four combo forward. Um he does have the handle to play the three. He does have the kind of some of the the shooting and bulk uh, that you need to be that stretch four type and, and be able to play um, both ends. It, it, with Josh, I don't know yet. Uh, I, I'll need to see him when he gets here and, and see. What I don't worry about is will he have the mental capacity to handle two positions? I don't think that's going to be a problem with Josh Reed. Um, that is a smart, smart kid.
0: And, and you know the coolest thing about, I mean, you look at that Temple team and they're all really young, but man, yeah. like they're each six, seven long arms. And that you, you look at Cincinnati and they just don't have that right now. So the fact that they're bringing that in is, is nothing but positive.
2: Brian, Brian just made a hell of a post on Bearcat okay. Journal on the Temple game thread. U.C.'s record—they're seventh in the conference right now, which is pretty much right in the middle. Record against teams ahead of them: one and six. Houston, Memphis, SMU, Tulane, Temple. One and six. The SMU win being the only win. Right. Record against the teams behind him: Wichita State, East Carolina, Tulsa, USF. Six and one.
1: Start of the day, start of the day. That's
2: what I've been trying to They have a middle of the American Athletic Conference roster right now.
1: Yeah. Um, I think this is – Doesn't also, get more
2: middle of the road than that.
1: Well, I, I think this is Brian's question that he threw in the mailbag here um, about 20 minutes ago or so. Uh, <clears throat> Chad just mentioned that Skillings and Reed would basically be rotation guys. Would you rule out either being able to play his way up the rotation as the season reg- progresses?
2: Yeah, I mean, if they're they're playing well, sure. Um, But they're both freshmen, and we don't know. Like, I'll have a better answer for that question. Like, once they get on campus and you can start seeing them in workouts and how they handle the physicality, how they handle the not only the physical workload but the
1: mental workload. Um, You also don't know what the transfer portal looks like and what this team necessarily. We we don't know. We don't have any
2: clue yet what this team looks like. like, and so. I, th- th- these are good questions. We just aren't at a point to be able to answer them. It- it's like, you know, you're in chapter two of the book and asking what happened in chapter four. I-, I don't know yet. I haven't got there.
0: But you can look at like, like Jacob Evans had that slow rise where to, where at the end of his freshman year, he was yeah, kind of in sure. the starting lineup, getting starters minutes. <laughs> but with Troy. this is a
2: different coach.
0: Right, right, right. But not, so, But it's, it's just a similar type of uh you know.
2: Yeah, but but we don't have all the data points is what I'm saying. Oh, no. Like no, that, you definitely that, yeah, you would expect if they come in and they play well right? that you'll see them see their minutes increase and, and move up. But we've never we've never seen Wes handle this. Right. So what if what if the team next year comes together and by February, you know, the, the, the seven or eight guys are at the top of the rotation? And guys 9 and 10 are reading skillings. Right. Well, You're probably still getting them 7, 8 minutes, but do you upset the apple cart with the guys ahead of them because they're playing well because you have to get them more minutes? Like, it's, a, it's an unknown. We don't know yet.
0: And you got to think, also, this is the first time Wes has kind of had high-level recruits that have the ability to play right away. You know, and potentially,
2: but these aren't, I I think Dan is going to probably, as Wes talked about, Dan will, you know, in most places end up around top 50, top 75, I think. But like, these are top 100 kids. These aren't top 30 kids.
0: Right, right. So I think
2: you have to keep that. in. Now, maybe they outperform, you know, like Gary Clark and Jacob Evans were in a similar range, but they outperformed what their ranking was. And Keith, if Keith is hits, also
0: in that same one too, and you saw him. And, and was about
2: right. He was right. about where you know what you expect. He was a fringe right. level all conference performer. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. The, we'll see. Hurry up and wait. <laughs> um the the last portion of the mailbag comes to you from the banks, and there's only one one little little question here. Yes, got I,
2: I, I think I got the right answer.
1: Shocker that it comes from Skins. Uh, congrats on surviving the subathon, boys. First question is in honor of Aaron's pending fatherhood, which sitcom dad do you think matches up to what Aaron will become? Follow-up Al Bundy. <laughs> I was a shoe salesman in college. Uh, Dude, it's, it's right there
2: on a T, Al Bundy.
1: Follow up question, Brent. Did you not give Aaron the Birds and the Bees talk? PS I'm going to buy a recorder to give to Aaron's unborn child in about eight years. You're welcome, Aaron. This is a fate worse than death.
2: <laughs> He's talking about the little
1: the plastic ones. That Yeah. yeah. Hot cross buns is I think is the only yeah. song anyone can play on it.
0: <laughs> well, uh yes, I tried to give him the birds and the bees talk, but he he was it was about what 10 years too late, something along those lines. He, he
1: sat me on his knee and he said, well, Aaron, here, he Aaron. whispered. <laughs> Aaron, I,
0: Aaron, I heard you've, uh, Aaron, you've been thinking about uh, doing it again. Aaron, Aaron, down here, <laughs> over here, Aaron. Do you, do you know about the birds and the bees? Unreal. Aaron, the Aaron, bear you know the bear cats and the bitcherongs. Do, do you know what happens when a mom when a mommy and a
1: daddy love each other? <laughs> <laughs> um what what, what, what what you really think it's Al Bundy?
2: Al Bundy, of course. Who else Which, would you be?
1: Uh, I don't know. What is what is he on?
0: Who? Al
2: Bundy? Al Bundy.
1: Yeah. Married with children, you don't know how Al Bundy is. Alan Pegg, he only knows him from Modern Family.
0: Well, now, well, now you're saying it. I remember the show. Now,
1: <laughs> I never played high school sports, I was in the choir. Of course, you were. Do you have of a good singing voice? Are. Yeah, I actually do.
2: Oh man! Me 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 me. Why, Why have you never showed it when you sang? No, he has sang, and it's never been in a good singing voice. I'm always
1: i always dicking around. Why would I? I mean, I'm not going to be like actually trying to. I do karaoke like no one's business, man. Same here, but I, like, come on, I we need a little bit on the BPP, baby. We'll get there when it's appropriate. When there's when there's times,
0: but All right, skins. I hope you're listening to this. Make also, the next question. Something that that makes Aaron sing. I'm, there
1: we go. I'm also not trying to get us kicked off for copyright infringement. Yeah, I think it's okay if
2: you sing. It just can't be the actual song. You I think you're gonna
1: sound that original? Oh come on! No, I mean I'm just saying you can get in trouble for that kind of stuff and be not. I don't know. They can take your stuff down. What's um, your voice like? What, Ave, Ave Maria, go! I messed around with meatloaf when he died. Does no one remember that? When, when
0: I... Yeah, it was terrible. Is that
2: is that oh, your voice? That was, that
1: is was that was your great. singing voice? No, or no, are no. you like a kind of like anyway.
0: a Harry Jr.? I would seen.
2: do anything for love. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you kind oh, of man. like a Al Bundy, Al
2: Bundy? Didn't
0: even go to college.
1: Yeah, I I did. Actually,
0: Where are you like a? Uh, like I, an I, finished. Loves I finished. Well, I
1: finished. I finished. I finished with a two four, but I finished.
0: Like most most
2: sitcom dads are corny. Like they're you know they're cheesy. Like you're not you're not cheesy. I don't no. think. No, I mean
1: I, I, so everyone's if, got jokes, but
2: right? Like you're not you know like the dad on Family Ties or you're not Danny Tanner.
1: Okay,
0: this what you got to do, Aaron. Pull, Aaron. Type in Al Bundy to Google, and just pull up what that first page looks like. The the one, two, three, the four pictures I'm looking at is you to a T.
1: Oh my god! I don't, (laughs) I don't know if I want to see Al Bundy images. Images. Well, no, not. Not
0: even images, just like kind of just the first Google page. I don't know if it's on the images too, but yeah, I mean, yeah, throw up the images <laughs> that I see you too, T. Yep, that's Aaron right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him. Especially like that, like this this middle one where he's kind of laying down on the couch and the the laying one that's the TV Yeah, that's changer. Aaron. I think the one with the TV changer, Aaron's given me that face like six times tonight. So (laughs) I think think that Al Bundy is 100% the answer.
1: Oh, man. No doubt. And
2: and you better hope your daughter doesn't look like Kelly.
1: Also, See, also Aaron never scored four touchdowns in one game.
0: In the video games, he did, Brian. Come on.
2: Uh, Maybe Homer Simpson. Oh come on! <laughs> That'll wrap it, it up. That
1: was another episode. <laughs> no, actually, I got a cartoon one. It's more oh. like a Bart Simpson. I'd say. I feel like I'm more this picture in the bottom right corner. All that, the yeah,
2: the, the, the glasses and the suit. No, the, the the one with the look on dumb look yeah. on his face. Yeah, I, I,
1: I didn't do it. Before. Or the one
2: right above it. This one. Yeah, the one right yeah. here. Yeah, I like that one uh i've got i've got a cartoon one for you
1: okay hank hill damn it bobby
2: damn it bobby like I, <laughs> that's that's got some air into it oh. for sure, right oh I, see it. I sell propane and propane accessories like you've been in sales
1: i don't know let me let me think on this one and get back to you next week <laughs> i'm
2: going i'm down to two hank hill or Al Bundy. That's that's my two. I
1: feel like I'm. You have to be like forty five to be the, any of these guys. I'm not there yeah, yet. You're
2: thirty seven or what? You're less, not far.
1: I mean, I'm just.
2: I'm having I'm my forty four. Tread lightly, Aaron. I'm having forty four. I'm having, I'm having you're not my Andy first
0: Tanner. You're not. No. You're not Ray Ramon. No. You're. I don't you're know Al
2: Bundy or Hank Hill.
0: Man. Al Bundy without the athletic ability or Hank Hill? Al Bundy wasn't athletic. That was the joke. What, did he joke that he scored four touchdowns? No, like he scored
2: four touchdowns in high school, but he peaked in high school. Like that, uh, you know. Uncle Rico. That, that was the running joke. that like, I peaked you in know,
1: college, but.
2: At what? The shower?
1: Um, we won't get into that. But
2: <laughs> You work for the Dallas Cowboys?
1: Just saying, I I peaked in, was, in college. That was, that was I was think you're show.
2: still
0: peaking.
1: I got your back. Thanks, Brent, the eternal optimist.
0: <laughs> I think your best is yet to come. All right, really do. We're, we're we're
2: we're reaching. Just like we're the
0: Wes Miller era. There we go. We you, tie it all back together.
2: Get us out you of got, here. You know, Brent's got questions about the the subathon. Apparently, oh, not yeah. anymore.
0: I thought I thought we were gonna have some time to fill, but we just hit it. Um, I guess just quick hitters. Uh, favorite unexpected thing that you heard from a guest, not named Wes Miller or Luke Fickle?
2: As always, the Jimmy Smith interview was hilarious. A riot. Like,
0: yeah. I've had
2: people come up and be like, dude, I like I was laughing so hard. My face hurt when <laughs> you guys had Jimmy Smith on.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. So so that one, we knew that would be great. Uh, uh, Lenny Stokes calling from his car. Uh, he was at the Apple store all day. Make, he dropped his phone. He had to get his phone. He told the people, I got to get my phone fixed in time to do <laughs> this interview.
0: That's awesome. Um.
2: Dan Horde, as we now now I can talk about it. Dan Hoard joined us right before he got on the road to go to his dad's funeral. Oh, gosh. Wow. Yeah. Like, he put a long post on Facebook about his dad and, and the wow. relationship with his dad. That's that's where Dan was going uh, immediately. Like, we had to schedule him. If he was going to be able to come on, which he's so kindly in that situation, he lost his dad the Friday before the Super Bowl. Hmm. Like, I can't even imagine. I can't even fathom having, you know, that hanging over you as you're about to have the pinnacle of your professional career. Right. uh, And and your dad passes. So,
1: T's and P's. uh,
2: That was amazing. Um, The strength that he had to do that. Um, I don't know, Aaron, anything jump out at you? The Um, after hours was fantastic. Amazing. I, I'm still. I'm deciding if I should leave that in Bearcat Journal lore, just for the thirty or forty people that were dumb enough to stay up with us until three o'clock in the morning.
1: You almost have to go back and re-listen to make sure we didn't say anything <laughs> stupid. Too.
2: Yeah, I might like Aaron and I at that point in time had been drinking for a while.
0: Uh, okay, so uh, tell I, me I, at I, what point I should watch.
2: Well, you oh, can't brother. watch those three hours. They didn't. They got cut off by YouTube. Yeah. Wow. I and love then, Danco Joe. Like seeing that there. he was going to be on with Lenny Lenny Stokes, and he was like, "I'm in." Like, yeah, yep. this, I'm in. I'm not. Leaving. I got. I got some questions for Lenny. I'm not leaving. I'm not
1: leaving. <laughs>
0: well, I was actually <laughs> a Danco Joe on there because I hopped in like, like, because because my phone died, so I was like, I kicked myself off, and then and then I I like got back on when I. Got back to my place and saw Danco Joe still on there with Jimmy Smith. I was like, damn, Danco Joe's been on this whole time. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, he was just like, All right, I'm chilling. That's
2: you got awesome. you guys invited me in, and, and I'm gonna hang out and get some I'm gonna get some questions off. I got I got some things I want to know. Sure. So that was that was a surprise of the day that we didn't plan for. That that was great. Um
1: cashmere. Cash was funny.
2: Yeah, Cash is really good. Cash is always really good. Like I said, Cash when we first started doing the podcast because Tim wasn't really a basketball guy, um Cash did the the basketball podcast with me right mm-hmm. like for a, a season and a half. Um so he was he's comfortable in this medium. He was really good.
1: That was the first uh, conversation I ever had with Jimmy from Holy Grail and I think that he's a give-
2: great like great human.
1: Well, the fact that he's a booster, I think, gave a lot of people some perspective that they never had otherwise. Um, Maybe if we do
2: it again, we we lean into that a little bit more, having some people that
1: contribute you know, have that the that,
2: university. Yeah, like have a little bit more of that like perspective. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: that was, I, from my understanding, Bob is part of that. Um, yeah, of course. In those last yeah. three hours. So uh, he was definitely somebody who spoke to that as well during that last three hours. That was so cool about the last three hours that we had three different generations of Bearcats speaking. Yeah, an older generation,
2: my generation, right. and then a younger generation in Tonk that was on with us for a while. Yep. I don't know. I, I'll go back and listen to that and and see. Like,
1: I don't think done... was
2: I don't think anything was out too of sorts, crazy. right? But we've done some stuff like that where it just gets it. It it was. You know, secret, not secret, but it was it was built for those was that
0: truly Dave After Dark.
2: Yeah, he was pretty Dave After Dark. Okay, that's fair. He, he was pounding beers, like he, he was. There we go. He wasn't the reserved Dave After Dark we've gotten a couple times. Oh, I where maybe
1: like... Unex- unexpected was Justin spending his entire day shopping for a minivan.
0: <laughs> that was great. That... Got that extra kid coming. You you need to upgrade. <laughs> yeah, that was that was outstanding. <laughs> but yeah, it
2: was uh it was a great it was a great day.
0: So like, so who won the big uh the big pot of champagne and, and Bob chicken?
2: Bob and Phyllis. Huh?
0: Congrats to Bob so, and Phyllis. Yeah. Congrats to Bob and Phyllis. Well and anything else, guys? This is uh no, I'm, the I'm last good. tiny Probably. nugget where we can say, Hey, you know. Blah, blah, blah. But no,
2: no, there's nothing. I'm good. It was a great day. I, we'll do other things similar down the road, but I don't know that we'll go that uh, off the rails. Like, I, yeah. the, Aaron, what's crazy was just us talking about this, and we've done this a little bit on the nightcap. Six hours was easy. Mm-hmm. Like, I could do another six-hour one. No, like no problem.
1: Like Friday, we could. Yeah, I don't want to do it Friday. I'm in no way, shape, or form volunteering to do it Friday. But I could do it Friday. Yeah, like I six would hours.
0: Do six hours on Friday.
2: <laughs> six hours. I think happened so fast that we had to like ask ourselves, like, do we really just do like when we got done with Wes and we were at the six hour mark and you could see the clock up in the the, the top left hand corner at six hours. Was like, what just because by, by six hours we had had Dan Moe Shane from Galactic, Jimmy from the Holy Grail, Luke Fickle, Malik Van, Kashmir Wright, and Wes Miller,
0: right? So,
2: and it was like, holy cow, that was that was fast. <laughs> and then the next six hours were also fast, but very different, <laughs> a lot more. A lot more free form the last six hours.
1: All downhill from there. And a good yeah. one. last three hours was bonus. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, this was this one's not going to touch three hours. Uh, this one's going to be ending right now. So I uh, want to give a big special thanks to Brady Collins. Another big special thanks to Dan Coat Transmission. And, of course, as always, huge special thanks to Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. Another fantastic BVP right here. Presented by Danco Transmissions on BearcatJournal.com.